Rated M for Embalm. This is the Embalm Effect. Your one-stop shop for unfiltered discussions. going on welcome to the m-bomb effect we are here live in studio in the roc baby and i am here with none other than the entrepreneur the man the myth the legend himself michael bianchi how are you my man uh, i'm doing amazing i actually can't believe i'm here i started watching your, <laughs> your show like in detroit uh, when you first started it and uh but this is good for two reasons i i'm uh, not only a fan of the show but i'm a fan of harold i know harold for Close to 15 years. Oh, dude. We've known each other for so long. Oh, you can move the microphone by your mouth if you want to sure. move it closer. So that way, and if you want to wear the headphones, you can. So that way you can hear all the good old stuff. But okay. um, Good idea. Yeah, yeah. If you want to, because we had the music playing and all that, you can. This yeah, is you, perfect. Yeah, it's good. But um, that way you can kind of see where your, your sound is. That's why I like it. Um, Dude, we've known each other for so long. I mean, it's kind of just crazy how... So we've known each other for a long time. This is probably the first time in over 10 years we've actually seen each other. This is our first reuni- reunion. We were kids. Dude, We the last time we saw each other, I think we were like 19, 20 years old. Yeah. Yeah. I was 18. And a lot, is, a lot has happened. A lot has changed. Yeah. And um, we, we did a lot of things. We, we even were working on a web series together and all that. We'll definitely dive into that because... One of our fans named Charlie, who's also been on the show, he he asked about that. He goes, are you guys going to talk about the Paragon? The Paragon? The Paragon. <laughs> okay. I'll start something about the Paragon. All right, let's, let's, let's dive in. Okay. It. The Paragon was, um, it was a web series episode, kind of mafia, kind of Chicago-style detective stuff, and then it had some unexpected... T- it was a very good concept with... Very low budget. <laughs> <laughs> Not much you could do when you're 19, 20 years old and don't have much going on for you at that time. But I think we had enough, uh, it, it produced enough of a following where um, people wanted to suddenly be a part of it. So there was content that was generated. Yeah. And then there were people of all ages that started to join and, uh, you know, be uh, actors in it. Oh, dude. We had, so the first season, it was just us. And I actually, we, I think it was senior year at that point, 2009, something like that. And then the second season, we, we filmed that, and my dad and everybody he knew, like his boss and all that, they got involved in it, you know, with Joe and all that. And They, I'm just, they looked the part, too. Oh, God, yes. Yes, they did. These were old Italians, literally with Cadillacs of the day, and they looked like old-school mobsters. They, they, they helped it a lot. And it was amazing because, you know, people then took it a little bit more seriously because you had them in there. And it's like, okay, well, we had us in there, but, you know, you got a couple of teenager, 20-year-old, you know, kids in right. the fucking thing. But nobody nobody took it seriously because, you know, you're just like, oh, you're doing your thing. But then you get these guys and they look the part. You know? yeah. yeah, I'm reminiscing on it. And, um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Lots of fun. We had, uh, I remember in the beginning we had an actor shortage, so we made someone like a twin brother like three times. <laughs> 
because he had to <laughs> he had to die all three times. Yeah. Oh wow! Look at these pictures. Yeah, let's get that on the screen. I want to show this to everybody because this is us, literally in two thousand nine. Two thousand nine. This is us in two thousand nine. That's me on the left and Mike on the right, and this is one of the <laughs> first uh, seasons. This is the first season we did of the Paragon series, and you know, I go back and I look at these photos, and I'm like, wow, we didn't have beards. <laughs> <laughs> How the hell do we not have beards? <laughs> we did not have beards, but we had all the swag. Look at us. All the swag. We, we look like gangsters. Dude, we were fucking killing it. And it's not bad, man. Because, like, you look at this, and, like, we did make some good stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we made some cool stuff. I mean. Oh, I remember this scene. This scene that I'm about to put on the screen here was the epitome of when things went went awry. Um, this is when Mike was found out to be. A cop. A cop undercover. And we had him in this <laughs> dungeon-like basement. I was being interrogated. I remember when we were playing with the blood. We had, like, blood packs. And, we did. Uh, and uh, it wasn't enough. I had to hide them in my mouth. Yeah. And, uh, and. Uh, the person punching me in the scene kept whispering in my ear, spit more blood, spit more blood. <laughs> we had to keep the take the scene a couple of times. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and I remember it was kind of a bitch of a time for you to get that out of your, your mouth and, and clean it up because, dude, that stuff was messy. Yeah, it never got clean. That shirt was ruined. It was ruined forever. For totally the right cause. The right cause. Dude, look at that, though. Oh, my God. Doesn't that bring you back to memories, man? 19 years old. Uh, yeah, we were all 19 years old. This, this, well, let's see. 2009, I was 18. So, so the reason why I was so fat was because for the first time in my entire life, I had a lot of money, way more than any 19-year-old should have. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> look at, look at. okay, so real quick, I want to yeah. show people exactly what we're, we're looking at. This Now, you might think this looks low budget and looks shitty, but this is how many fucking people were watching it. This this is exactly how many people were. This photo was taken many years ago when we were in the midst of it. I remember this. You had people all over the country watching this. Yeah. You had people in Canada and even in Europe and shit watching this. How does no. that make you feel, man? I actually did not know uh, the spread of the audience. I never knew that. I did know we had some kind of a following at the time. Um, and I recently went to go look for the old videos, and I couldn't find them. But I know. Yeah, yeah. They, we so I went through and kind of scrubbed the uh, YouTube channel a little bit. Um, I mean, if if there ever came a time where I was serious about it, I think maybe we could make something. I think we had something good there. We I tried rebooting it, but you know, with the crew I was working with, obviously, just things didn't pan out. So there there were only a few of us that had innate skill and a lot of other people needed a lot of coaching and good good on your part for the leadership but the the script was there the premise was there like it that could have really been something with uh, some budget and a little bit more dedication oh yeah obviously you know you look back at it and you go well shit i could do better now the camera quality i mean all the gear we have now it's it's astounding oh yeah you can make this a full-on just movie absolutely Oh, I mean, we, we did it with nothing. I know. Uh, we made something out of nothing back then. Yeah. Which I think is actually a really good thing. I don't think a lot of people could do that now. I think a lot of people's uh, mindset is like, they're very, I've, I've said it on the show before, they're very, um, they want things to happen overnight. Oh, yeah. They don't want, they don't want to put in the effort. Gen Z, the generation after us. Yeah. It's the first generation in history <clears throat> to be born, not even knowing life before the internet. Yeah, it's true. 
It's the TikTok generation. TikTok generation. I mean, obviously, when COVID happened, it was it was huge. Yep. I I think we jumped on the bandwagon a little too late because now it's just it's not where it used to be. Yeah, and I think I think it's because we're in a weird situation now where we have too much information. The internet was a great blessing when we were growing up, but now we have so much information and access to it that it's uh, it's destroying attention spans and it's devaluing uh, knowledge, in my opinion. Big time, man. Um, so around the time the Paragon was being filmed and all that stuff, we, we had a lot of stuff happen, man. And one thing that I remember that stands out to me is when you, you actually purchased a... Uh, you purchased um, what you call it a shop. Yeah, I bought I bought my first business. Um, to date, it is one of the most successful ones I've started, and it was a jewelry store uh, slash pawn shop. Uh, it was kind of, it was kind of shady. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I bought it from this guy named Tony. Because what else would his name be? <laughs> yeah, I know. All right, I meet Tony, and he looks like the he looks like the fat guy from the movie. Analyze this. Analyze this. He looks just like him. Just do you like remember him. seeing him? No. Looked, yeah, I do remember him. Yes. Yeah, that's who he was. He was yeah. the guy that was like, "Oh, I don't know what happened. He stabbed himself in the back seventeen times, and then threw himself over a bridge." <laughs> that was the guy. That was the guy. And then I met Tony. He had this big black Cadillac, and I and I, I had just recently saw the movie Goodfellas at the time. I'm a teenager, very impressionable. I was like, oh, my God, I want to be in the mafia. This is how I get in it. <laughs> like, I wanted that so badly. And I met Tony, and he, he was, um, I think I could speak on this now. Yeah, he was he was actually a mobster. Uh, his dad was from Chicago. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, he was actually in the mob. I don't know to what caliber or degree or anything, but he taught me some things. He taught me a lot of things. I learned a lot in that pawn shop about... How how real business works. You're not going to find stuff on YouTube about or college about how actual business works. But he taught me a lot of things. Dude, it was 15 years ago now. It was 15 years ago during a recession. Yeah. The Great Recession. The Great Recession. I remember being very upset about that time because everybody had told me up until this point, if you do good in school and you work hard, you'll get a good job. Yeah. All that ideology just died after 2008. And it made me angry, but I decided was, this is not going to happen to me. If I can't go get a job, I'll make one. So I um, started selling cars privately. Uh, I got about ten grand together. I found this pawn shop on a business broker website, and he wanted $150,000 for it. Don't ask me how I did it. To this day, I don't really know. Maybe he just liked me. But he agreed to sell it to me for $100,000. Just one problem. I still needed ninety. dollars <laughs> <laughs> You needed ninety. Yeah. Dude. So I actually convinced someone that I knew to um, to sell her house, and she gave me ninety grand to go buy this place, and uh, we went into business together. So that's how I bought the pawn shop with a hundred thousand dollars cash. Yeah, man. And I I remember going with you on the on the tour of this place. You know, they had the glass for the bulletproof glass all around the yeah. fucking uh, counter and all that. Yeah. And the guy kept asking us, "Are you guys the IRS?" <laughs> Here we are in fucking nicely dressed clothes. We had like nice leather jackets on. You know, nice black slacks, the belt. Yeah. And this guy's asking us if we're the IRS, like it, six times over. His son also asked if I was a detective several times. <laughs> Yeah. Did you watch the paragraph? <laughs> He's like, that motherfucker's a rat. <laughs> I know. That's funny because that role I played was not very hard to act. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't. 
I was like, oh, this is already kind of me. I will never forget. <laughs> I will never forget this. So there was a 12-gauge shotgun in this fucking building. <laughs> yeah. And so one morning I wake up because there was a police a police officer at the door at my house, my parents' house. Mm. We open the door and they're like asking questions because they've, I guess, watched some of the scenes and they were like, oh, wow. oh is, is that real? And I'm like, dude, no, it's not. Really? Oh, I, yeah. I didn't know that they asked you about that. Oh, God, yeah, dude. They they came in. I'm like, no, nah, none of that shit. All the stuff we use is all because, just. Because you took a video in my store, they asked you? Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, we did we did shots in there. I remember that, but why are they asking you? It wasn't even on your property. I, I don't right. understand. That's, that's a little weird to me. Yeah, so this, again, this is 15 years ago, so you can date it all the way back to 2009, man. This uh, I was still in high school, like a senior in high school, mm. and this guy is asking me this shit. And I'm like, dude. Everything we use is props. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And then, um, yeah, dude, I, I didn't hear from him again, but it always stood out to me like, dude, what? so it really reached a lot of people to the point where even, even the police department are watching <laughs> this. And, um, I, I guess it was bigger than I thought. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I, you know, I didn't either, to be honest with you, you know, looking back at it now, it's, it's kind of crazy. Like you think, oh, it's just, you know, all your, only your friends are watching it. But then you go back to that, that map I showed you and it really reached a lot of places. Yeah. We were even on a, uh, I think it was like an internet soap opera site that they rated episodes each time you really, oh yeah, dude, I forget what it was called, but, um, yeah, they, they like rated the episode and all that shit and. Yeah, it's it's kind of astounding. Like, how did we do? We didn't do too bad, um, but then of course we we stopped making episodes. Yeah. So then we just went away. Wow! So we actually had critics and stuff. We did. I really didn't know that you you controlled all the metrics and and the management of it. So I, I never saw the data, but it's interesting. I'm seeing it now. I I, I guess uh, we had some pretty good numbers. That's good. And I really wish that things were like that now. I think it was it was a lot easier to get. Your, not only your point across, but your, your content across. Because now the oh, algorithms yeah. work against you. Mm. You know, doing this show and this podcast, it's, it's a little bit of a struggle, man. It's a battle. I think back then YouTube was still private. It was. Yeah. Oh, I think it was, yeah. Because I think they, they, bought, they got bought out within the first few years of them existing. It might have been 2010. And then they really hit hard on the fucking copyright thing. Yeah. If you did the right keywords and you produced content back then, you could, yeah. you could get it pretty decent exposure and that's what i mean like I, I look back and i kick myself in the ass because i'm like damn i could have could have done more with it i understand you know i understand i feel the same way i took a lot of time off from making anything any content creation and i kick myself in the ass every day because i'm like dude i wasted my 20s not doing anything except for working hmm. not having any hobbies not working on any projects but here i am now 33 years old tomorrow uh, Tuesday, wednesday wednesday i'd be 33 you're, you're doing all right i'm doing okay Doing better than most, actually, especially in Rochester. <laughs> well, I mean, shit, man. You moved to Detroit, Michigan for a while. I mean, so this must have been a kind of a surprise when you came back. Uh, yeah, so you've been here the whole time. We were talking about this before the broadcast started, but Harold's been here the whole time, and, and people have been here watching the progression of Rochester kind of get worse, I think. with There's a bigger drug problem now than there used to be. Yes. Um, there's... Uh, the police, especially in the city, they're not really, they don't really care anymore. I think they're overwhelmed. I think so too, man. Um, so there's that. But when, when I left and came back, I saw that change all happen at once. I didn't see a progression of it over time. It was very sudden. Very sudden. And when I moved back, um, I moved to the ghetto. I moved to Lyle and Plymouth. 
Um, and that was, uh, I don't live there now, but that was a uh, crackhead. Crack Horror Central. Oh, my God. Yeah, and they used to smoke it on my porch. Oh, man. Yeah. I, to be honest with you, I never had an issue there. I actually kind of liked it because I didn't have to turn my TV on. I just had to open the door and wait a second and have to be entertained. <laughs> yeah, there's always uh, there's always entertainment to be had around the area, man, because you know, there's like Instagram accounts now where they like show all kinds of weird shit happening on the streets, and you're like, oh, I know that place. <laughs> I, I frequent yeah. that once in a while. <laughs> I was coming home from uh, work one day, and the pol- there were just a swarm of police just around the area going through my backyard with uh, flashlights. And they said, uh, did you see a guy running through here? And I like literally just opened the door. What did I see? So I said, no. And he said, all right, good enough. Guess he got away. <laughs> that, was, that was the end of it. That's all they do, man. They can't do much anymore, man. So they're just like, eh, we're just going to ask questions. And once we get told no or I don't know, that's it. We move on. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah. You know, we got some comments here. My mom's on with us. She goes, I flew today. Hey, Mike. Oh, my God. Yeah, my mom can't believe you're here, man. He's here in the flesh. <laughs> Mike is here in the flesh. Annalise says, hey, M-Bomb and Michael. Hello, How everyone. Um, she says, Rochester is amazing, and I have met so many amazing people from Rochester. A lot of people are really amazing here in the ROC. I'll be honest with you. There's a lot of good stuff here, a lot of good talent, music, uh, artistic, businesses, podcast-wise. And Sensitive Culture, go check it out. He was, uh, Joaquin was with us uh, Saturday night, mm-hmm. and he actually he just uh, he just was commenting on here. He says, nowadays it's consistency and dedication that will get you seen and a lot of patience. He's not wrong, man. That's correct. He's not wrong. We talked about that when he was here on Saturday, and it's like, you know, a lot of people quit, man. A lot of people give up. You know, you know, I don't want to give the wrong impression. I'm criticizing Rochester right now because I'm about to talk about the good things about it. And I just wanted to get that out of the way. Um, Rochester, Buffalo, um, here's what they do better than Detroit. They do two, maybe three things mainly better than Detroit, I could say. Number one, the food. This is a foodie paradise. Um, nobody does pizza like New York. Rochester and Buffalo do pretty well. Um, and they're all mom and pop shops. So the recipe is preserved. It's better. It's not like a national chain. Um, there's more education here. Uh, I think we have some of the best schools in the nation, RIT, U of R. People come here from all over the world to go here. Um, so those are the two main things for sure. And honestly, although there is a crime and drug problem, it's not nearly as bad as Detroit. <laughs> no. I mean, I've, I've heard stories. I've never been to Detroit. But, um, dude, I, look, I know we have our issues here. I get it. Like, a lot of people, like, shit on Rochester all the time. Like, oh, dude, we got so much crime. Yeah, we, yes. But granted, that's everywhere, though. It is. Everywhere you go. It's really not that bad. It's not, bad per capita, they per, say, but yeah. it's not that bad. No, it could be a lot worse. God, you know. I was living in the ghetto, and I felt perfectly safe. Yeah. I had never had an issue. That's what I'm saying, man. <laughs> you go anywhere else, man. It's it's a night and day. I mean, just, you, you can think of all kinds of different possibilities. But you gotta ask who they're who they're targeting too, who they're shooting and stuff. It's like it's each other in within the drug uh, world, you know. Uh, they're not shooting innocent bystanders usually, unless you got a Kia. <laughs> <laughs> I do, <laughs> but it's not the one you can steal. <laughs> yeah, good. Um, Wax says uh, Rochester food is better than most places that are known for their food, especially Buffalo wings and Philly cheesesteaks. Holy shit! You just mentioned Philly, mm-hmm. dude. Let me tell you, you like garbage plates, obviously, right? Oh, yeah. I went on a, a tour of garbage plates when I got back here. Oh, my God. You ever gone to Mac Philly's? No. Oh, you got to go. You got to go get their garbage plate. The Mac Philly cheesesteak garbage plate. 
Nice. It's okay. got the Mac Philly's uh, cheesesteak on there, the fries, the onion rings, all the fixings, man. This is a grade A Rochester fucking garbage plate. I mean, everyone talks about the what what best plate what what restaurant has the best plate, right? You could start arguments with that That's, question. Oh yeah, all yeah. the time. People here in the ROC, like, we're we're strict on our garbage plates. You gotta have all the fixings and everything has to just line up. Some people out of state though, they don't understand that. Mm-hmm. You ever try to um I mean you obviously been out of state. You ever try to explain to people what a garbage plate is? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, it was one of the foods I missed when I was in Michigan. And you try telling people, and they're like, oh, that sounds, what is that? And they, they question it. And I'm yeah. like, you just don't understand. It's the best <laughs> thing you'll ever have. <laughs> yeah. I went to Kansas City in 2022. Um, I've told that story. But I was down there, and I was down there for a month. So I kept telling people that I met, you know, from different states and all that, California, Texas, uh, even Missouri and, and Kansas you know, about the garbage plate. And I don't think they got the full aspect of it. Yeah. They're not going to understand it. You can't explain it. You have to just show and tell you just, yeah. You have to come here and eat one. Uh, Annalise says, I've never had a garbage plate the times I've been there and it makes me mad. Mm. She's, she's from New York city. So, you know, she's, she's not too far. I love New York city. Yeah. Yep. I I'm went here. to, I went to Brooklyn last summer for Did the you? weekend. Yep. How was it? It was beautiful. I mean, so many people that it's literally never sleeps. No, it's not. It never does sleep. The only time I ever was there was actually when uh, we were flying to Florida and I, went, I was at the what JFK airport. Yeah. That's as far as I've gone in New York City. <laughs> it's sad, isn't it? It's not that far away. Actually, it's the same same time to New York City as it is to Detroit, roughly. Is it really? Seven hours? I think uh, New York City, you get there, what, five and a half? Probably. If you go through Canada, you can get to Detroit about the same. Oh, shit. Yeah, same distance. Is that how you used to get there? No, I took the long way to go through Ohio. Um, oh, okay. So that trip is seven hours. But if you go through Canada, it's two hours less. Yeah. I mean, I've never been out that way. I've been, uh, so my wife and I, when we first started dating, a couple months into it, we went to Disney. We drove all the way from here to Roch- from Rochester all the way to fucking Florida. You drove that? We drove there. Really? Oh, it was an experience that I'll never forget. <laughs> now, that's a real test to test your relationship is when you go from point A to point I was going to say B. that, yeah. For 21 hours, I imagine, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We we stayed the night in South Carolina. Well, we started. We stayed in the night. I think in in New Jersey at first. Okay. Then we we visited her, some of her family in North Carolina, and then we ended up staying a night in South Carolina at this rinky dink uh, motel, and it had piss driblets on the toilet. So we just pretty much slept and got the hell out of there. We got to Florida, you know. But I think the only time, the only time we ever had an issue was in Washington D.C. What you mean an issue? Like, we kind of bickered a little bit because the whole trip we were fine except for this fucking Washington, D.C. I see. Because she had to use the bathroom. And we're like trying to, you know, we're fucking, we're like, do we want to stay here a little bit? Do we want to do some sightseeing, all that shit? And all of a sudden we get stopped. The whole, everything came to a halt. Hmm. We're at a fucking light. All the traffic, everything came to a stop. And there it was. (laughs) All the fucking brigade, the limousine. It might have been a decoy as as far as I know, but I think it, I think it was the president. Oh wow! Yeah, cool. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, I think Trump was coming through. I don't know if it was really him or just a decoy limousine, but yeah, they put everything to a stop. Everything fucking came to a halt, and she had to use the bathroom. Like we were trying to find a place. Eventually, we found one after the whole thing ended. 
Now, mind you, this is when the, uh, that eclipse was going on. Remember when they had that eclipse back in 2017? I definitely remember it. Yeah. We have we, another one coming up. Oh, there is? Yep. Oh, it's, shit. And the pattern of the eclipse in 26, it's supposed to draw an X over the country. It's kind of weird. If you look at the pattern of the where the eclipse goes. Is Elon Musk in, involved? He's got to be. He's got to be, right? It's X. Yeah. He just bought Twitter and <laughs> yeah. called it X. Yeah, What's going on here? It's, it's Elon. He's huge <laughs> in space, man, so this has got to be him. But um, now we, we found this uh, gas station. And you have to pay to use the bathroom. Wow. Yeah, they have like little quarter swat, slots and all that. You have to pay uh, um, 25 or 50 cents. Or that's, maybe it was That's got to be extortion. It is. It's definitely, you know, you know, you had to pay Which money that's to take a New York piss. thing. What are they doing it there? I know. <laughs> I know. That's what you, you'd be surprised. You'd think it would be happening here, right? <laughs> right. Taxation is theft, but that's just outright ripoff. Yeah. You know? Pflation. Pflation. Yeah. Pissflation. Big time. Justin says, uh, 100% this. Yes. Actually, yeah. He's our co-host. So. Oh, cool. Yeah, he's one of, he's, he's brand new. He's only uh, two episodes in now. And uh, we're at, we're, you're, you're officially 187 episode. That's right. How do you feel? Feels good? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just listened to 186 <laughs> yeah. on, on the way here. That's awesome, man. That yeah. was a good show. I liked it a lot. Oh, dude, we, we dive deep into a lot of stuff. You know, we we dive deep into the podcast world. We dive deep into the the gym world. I know you're a gym rat, so am I. So let's let's dive into that. How you been doing on that, man? Um, I I do enjoy lifting weights. I do it mostly. I've just started recently doing cardio also, um, because there are benefits to the brain for it, and I I like how it helps me focus throughout the day. Other than that, I hate cardio. <laughs> yeah, I started integrating that back into my routine actually in the last few months. You know what else I started do to do. Uh, before I go to the gym? Tell me. Cold water therapy. I've heard of this before. So, you know, people start out with either with a cold shower or a cold plunge, you know, the ice plunge. Mm. I don't have an ice plunge right now, so I'm using the fucking cold shower. I crank that bitch up all the way to the cold, and I just let, you know, just let it run, let it run, and I get in there. Three minutes. That's all you need is three minutes. Okay. You start circling around in that bitch. You get your whole body cool, you know, just chilled. You want to start shivering in order to get some of the benefits. Um, but you talk about clarity and focus. This helps. Really? 100%. I how, stand how by How quickly it. do you notice the, the effect? So I was very skeptical. I did a lot of research because I suffer from a lot of seasonal depression, all that shit, anxiety. And, you know, I'm like, dude, I, I got to do something. I'm not, I'm not a big person on meds. I don't believe Good. in meds Good. too much. Yeah, it's a scam. I don't, yeah, I, I'm not a big meds person. So I don't even like taking a, a, a painkiller for a headache. So if I can avoid that at any cost, I want to do that. Good. So I looked up to the benefits and all this stuff. I'm like, okay, well, I don't have an ice plunge. I don't have any of that stuff. So let's, let's do the cold shower. So I started doing that first thing in the morning. You know, I wake up at like five in the morning. I get in that cold shower, man. It's not easy. You're doing the Sigma, Sigma male stuff. Oh God, dude. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. So the first time I went in that bitch, I only last like a minute and 20 seconds. The like, first time, first that's pretty time. good. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I tried, dude. You, in your mind, you're just like, "Why the fuck am I doing this?" <laughs> yeah, your body wants to get out of that bitch as soon as possible, right? Right. But you know, over time, you just you start warming up. You know, not warming up, but like you 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 get used to the cold. You know what I mean? So yeah, over time, I've gotten up to now three minutes. Three minutes is not bad. That's really good. I think it's enough. So this improves your focus. Uh, so it improves your the dopamine levels definitely it does especially yes you'll you'll notice it within the first few weeks I think within the first few days even you'll start noticing a difference um, dopamine is the for focus hormone yes yeah. so the anxieties the depression they've rarely showed their face this winter 
That's beautiful. And I love it because I've been focusing so hard on the show and, and, and work in my family. You know, I have my, my wife, my son and all that. And you know how it is. You're a parent. You're a dad. Yep. So, you know, I didn't want to be that guy who's depressed all season long. Like summertime, I'm okay. Spring, I'm okay for the most part. Fall, it's all right until November. Then it's when it starts getting really cold and snow and cloudy, I just I fall apart mentally. I understand. So this this set the game the, the bar for me, man. I was like, okay, let's try it out. I've been doing it for almost three months straight now. I'm I'm really happy that you have made a resolved decision to not uh, go on medication if you can avoid it. Yeah. Um, uh, my, my a lot of my family takes uh, blood pressure medication, um, and it just gets you require more of it over time. Yeah. And the the mood medications that affect your brain. It's taking away your natural ability to deal with things, you know? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's literally replacing serotonin and happy hormones with a, a fake substance that you will always need for the rest of your life once you start taking it. I don't think, you, once you start it, it's almost like you're dependent on it. That's exactly it. So, and they hope for that. They do. You know, and I, I believe it wholeheartedly that I think there's different ways. To, now, Wim Hof, you ever heard of him? No. Look into him because he's the one that I've, kind of learned this from i was watching some of his videos and his explanations on cold water cold water is your friend hmm. this guy people may think he's crazy but he's onto something because i've experienced it firsthand i'm like okay i'm a huge skeptic when it comes to everything that doesn't matter what Good. it is but i was like i hate the cold i hate cold water i hate anything to do with it but i'm gonna try it so i tried why, it, man. why why is it that anyone that goes against uh mainstream belief is crazy i don't know man it's okay to question things it is it's good that's how you get more knowledge <laughs> you got to think freely right open mind but some people are scared to to have that open mind and be vocal about it i'm not this country doesn't have that problem really <laughs> i don't know man <laughs> but it depends i think some people have to watch you know their p's and q's dot their i's cross their t's I actually really don't like traditional wisdom for the most part. No? No, like uh, get a good job, save money. I, I hate those two things already. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Getting a good job is a good thing. I'm going to ask you this, man, because I saw it on your Facebook page. You, you know a lot about how to be pre prepared and successful for a job interview. I, give, I want this rundown, man. Let's go through that again step by step here on the show. I do, I do think, okay, so I did do a video. It was part comedic part i just had to let something out because when when i was younger in my early 20s um and i had to go to work like get an actual job i've started about 10 businesses eventually they've all failed that's the truth and i thank you for introducing me as an entrepreneur i don't consider myself an entrepreneur i'm 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 a salesman i'm a hustler i go out and get um but i'm not really a businessman uh, and that's fine. I know who I am. But I do know how to go out and get something. And every deal I do is is a robbery in my head. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> And one of the things that I really had to go get with no experience when I had to, you know, I was married. Um, and I had a family to raise and support. And I also had no skills and was very young and a checkered past legally. So the the chips were stacked against me, but I had to get it done. So what I would do is rather than typing up a resume and sending it an email to the HR manager and hoping they call back, what I would do is I would just go in there and tell whoever is there, I'm supposed to meet with HR right now. And they'd be like, who are you? We don't have anything scheduled. 
I said, and and before I, right seconds before I get in there, then I would actually send the resume because I know they don't have time to read it. All right, so I go in there and say, yeah, it's Mike Bianchi. You can check. Of course, when they check, they're not going to see nothing, but that's <laughs> fine. I want them to be a little confused and on edge yeah. because they're thinking, oh, this must be some kind of a bureaucratic issue. And I'm over here pretending to be indignant, like, what do you mean? I was supposed to be here. It's 3 o'clock. <laughs> so they would, and then I know because they're hiring, they need a body in there. They need somebody in that factory or whatever it is. And they will ignore that, believe you, and say, oh, it's probably a mistake. And they will give you an interview on the spot. On the spot. Yeah. Well, you're doing them a favor by I being am, there. I am doing them a favor. That that job posting says they're hiring. Yeah. All right. I could solve that problem right now. Why don't you want the problem solved right now? I know. Yeah. This piece of paper is not any. It's not no. showing you the candidate. No. You know, get in there. Get out and just get hired. But you gotta you gotta not only get in there and get hired, but you gotta prepare for that. You gotta have a nice smelling vibe <laughs> about you. you know what I'm saying you gotta have a nice clean suit, nice uh, groom going on. I th- I think that all right. So. We'll use a factory example. If you're going to, like, in Detroit, there's a lot of good-paying factory jobs. GM, Chrysler, Ford, these guys pay $20, $30, $40 an hour. Yeah. Some of them are union. Um, so when you go in there as a factory worker, they're expecting a guy in jeans and a T-shirt and with not maybe, maybe not so educated. Um, maybe they don't carry themselves with confidence or something. So if you if you go in there and you're well groomed and you maybe you got a suit on, you know, people will just watch. If if your man put a suit on tomorrow, and just pay attention to how many people call you sir, and pay attention to who opens doors for you. That stuff will happen. Yeah. The first time I I put a suit on, um, somebody said, "Wow, you look like a million bucks," and he opened the door for me to where I was going. And uh, that's why not, now I wear overcoats and stuff like that. Ridiculous things, <laughs> you know, but if you have a presence and you have some, if you, even if your confidence is fake, yeah, they don't know that. No, they don't. <laughs> as long as you brush your teeth and have a thrift store suit and <laughs> false confidence in a nicely washed, freshly washed ass, <laughs> you will be successful in this world. You will get that job. You will get You will get in the GM factory, yes. Yes, you will. <laughs> and then you'll have a very, very dirty asshole because you're sweating all day in that factory. This is true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then they'll fire you. <laughs> so this doesn't work if you want to be a computer scientist. No. Obviously. No, no, God, no. But if you're in your early 20s and you're just starting out and you have no experience, this will work. Yeah. Yeah, no degree, no no nothing. All you need is all those things. I, I had everything wrong. No experience. Checkered past. Yeah. Family. Fam, like, I, there was nothing really going for me. The only thing I had was to be convincing and try. But now look at you, dude. Yeah, now look at me. What? Well, you're fucking, you're here, man. You're doing it. You're doing the damn thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I built um, three good careers. I changed them three times so far. Yeah, but you know what? Change is good sometimes, though. It was good every time. Some people, some people are scared to change their, their career path or their life in general. Don't be scared yep. of it. No, I actually moved back here to New York with nothing but a duffel bag and my wallet. Oh, shit. Yeah, I had, I had nothing. I had to completely start over. So what was the breaking point where you decided, hey, Detroit's not for me anymore. It's time to go back home. It wasn't necessarily Detroit. I like Detroit even to this day. Um, but I was, uh, I was, to be quite honest with you, I was in a terrible marriage. Uh, and then there was a divorce, and then I, I just decided, you know what, I'm going to go back home. If I got to start over, at least I could start over with some support from the family or whatever. Yeah. So 
that's uh, this the city. I know the city. I can make moves in the city. The city. So you've been gone for what ten years? About ten years. Yeah. A lot has changed in ten years. I mean, like you said, you you've come back, and it's it's a whole different ball game compared to what it was back in two thousand ten when you moved. It's uh, it's better. Um, it was very easy to get a job here this time. Um, but yeah, I do notice that it's Rochester itself is definitely on the decline. This is a dying city, unfortunately. I hate to say it. There's a lot of pride in this city, but it, it's it needs some recovery still. Yeah, and I think a lot of people need to start supporting their small businesses. You have a lot of small businesses that are, you know, selling merch, either yeah. you know, pop, mom and pop stores. Go to these places. Support your local scene. I'm not just talking about going to shows. I'm not talking about, you know, going out to this restaurant or buying this hot sauce. I'm talking about every single business here in the ROC or surrounding areas. You should support them. Yeah, sure, you can go and shop at Target or Walmart and whatnot. But at the end of the day, what you end up I mean, we saw it here in, in town with Hagedorns. They literally just right. closed their doors last summer. Sad as hell, man. But Wait, Hagedorns <clears throat> closed? It's gone. I actually did not know that. Yeah, they just closed last year. I mean, wow. when you got chains like Aldi and, and, I mean, look, Wegmans is Rochester, but they're they're bigger now, you know, but people are, are shopping at these different stores and they're wondering why all these small time, you know, these small town uh, stores are, are closing up. What is, what is the Rochester economy mostly made up of? Like, if you look at it on paper, a lot of it's food. Yes. Or grocery or something. And then lately, there's a lot of weed stores showing up. Those are brand new. Yes. Yep. Because now that um, New York State has finally, you know, legalized it, they're, those are but but they're also penalizing people before this is, I guess, an effect, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's weird. They're shutting them down. They're like, oh yeah, it's legal, but well, on our dime. When we say it's legal, it's legal. It's not legal enough. <laughs> I mean, look, man, I'm not somebody who smokes, but like, I get it. You know what I mean? I think this, is, I think that aspect would help this city a little bit more. Sure. The business wise, you know, economically. And maybe some people just need to take a toke and just kind of chill the fuck out. But, yep. Yep. you know. We, we have good medical and education industries, yes. too. Those things are good. Uh, and the big three are still here. You still have Xerox, Kodak, and Pauschen Lam. They're, they're still hiring. But uh, n- none of them are nearly as big as they used to be. Not anywhere near it. I don't I don't know what would bring it back. I really don't at this point. Now, Buffalo got the billion dollar, the billions of dollars of grant money federally. Yeah. So that was good for them. And if you've been to Buffalo recently, it's a bigger and better, brighter city. It is. And they have a football team. They have a football team. The Bills, man. Yeah, that's going to keep them going forever. Rochester doesn't have a football team. We don't have a football team. I mean, so so if we ever did end up getting a a football team, which I don't think will ever happen, but if we ever did, do you think that would be something that would bring more business and better economy here in this city? That's a great question. Yeah. Why wouldn't it? I mean, yeah. Yeah, why wouldn't it? I mean, Buffalo Bills are rooted for in Detroit because how can you root for the Lions? <laughs> hey, this year they were doing good, they, man. They did this year only. Okay, <laughs> the, yes, the year I left, they do good. Oh, man. <laughs> no, I'm going to be honest with you, man. If the Bills, if they would have won, if they would have beaten Kansas City, I don't know. What do you think, man? Do you watch football at all? I don't really watch football, to all be right. honest with you. I, I can talk about it conversationally, but I wouldn't be able to keep up. Yeah, I mean, just... A lot of people are like, oh, it was rigged because, you know, Kansas City fucking won the Super Bowl at the last few seconds and all that stuff. I don't know. We talked about that on the show on Saturday. I don't know. I I could see why it would be rigged in a business aspect, you know. Sure. But at the end of the day, is it really, though? Well, I mean, back in the day, certain 
um, factions used to fix boxing matches all the time. I don't see why it's not being done today just at a corporate level and being called something else. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, corporate America is now the new mafia, so. Yeah. It really is. What is the difference? There is none. I, I never thought so either. There's there was none. a line in the movie called Departed. You ever saw The Departed? No. It was Jack Nicholson, and he was talking to his protege, and he said, uh, you could be cops or robbers, but when you're staring down the barrel of a load of gun, what's the difference? It's true. Yeah. It's true. I like that. Yeah. Primal Nation says the county needs to know how to use their money on investing projects to flourish Rochester again. Okay, good point. So we need government intervention. I don't know, though. I think the government's the reason why a lot of this is going downhill. I, I think generally for the best interest of the people is to have less government. Yeah, me too. Um, but when you have more government and things are left-leaning, I really don't want to get into politics. I don't either. <laughs> Not interested whatsoever. It's one of those things I just hey, I hate, man, because it never goes anywhere. I'll just say this. You can find money where there's a lot of regulations. Yeah. All right. So, like, if they're – okay, I'll give you a good example that I really shouldn't. <laughs> you shouldn't. All right. New York State has a very high excise tax for cigarettes and alcohol. All right. States like Missouri have a very low excise tax, okay? You can definitely take advantage of that regulation for profit. I'm not saying it's legal or good or right. I'm just saying the pieces are there to make something happen. <laughs> <laughs> take it or leave it, right? Yeah. Take it or leave it. Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, it's tough. A lot of people are, are struggling right now. It's, it's, a, it's a real struggle. With that struggle, you know, comes the crime, and with the crime comes more problems. Definitely. Know? Yeah, people got to feed families. I was talking to someone. Um, uh, they will remain nameless, but I had a discussion about this, and they they said um, uh, the uh, ghetto is made out of excuses, and uh, it was a good point. But I, I don't know if that's totally true. I think that there is a serious lack of opportunity. There's not a child that's born that says, Oh, I really want to grow up and be a drug dealer. No. No kid has ever said that. No. They're making the best of the opportunities in front of them. And when there aren't any, it's tough. You still need food. You got to do what you got to do, man, to survive. Yeah. It's fucking doggy dog world, man. It's not It's not an easy world. Everyone thinks everything's easy. We talk about, you know, people waking up the next day and wishing that they were successful. It doesn't happen that way. No. Nobody does that. And there's a whole other element that people at least in this country, they they like to ignore it, but unfortunately, it's true. Your intellect matters. You know, the IQ you're born with matters, which you can improve. Yeah, you know, but there's things about character and willpower, like that. You need all these things as a person to succeed. To succeed, do you think it's more important to know somebody in the in the business you're going towards, or the knowledge of its of the business itself? I'm sure, they both play a huge factor. Knowing somebody is always better. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'll say this too. It's funny because overthinkers sometimes are less successful than people that think way less Yeah, because they're constantly risk averse. They're analyzing everything a little too much. And then they, where they lack is action. Yeah. So if you, if you take action on 10 different poorly thought out plans, <laughs> uh, one of them will work just by chance. Yeah. I promise you I've done it. Um, but if you make one really good plan and never act on it, it's not going to happen for you. The execution of... I did not know how to run a pawn shop. But I, you but you, you were doing really well, though. That place made about thirty to 35000 a month. Yeah. Cash. Cash. Yeah. You miss it? Um, uh, I'll have it again. Do you, So if you... Th 
look back at what happened, right? You say that never, say it never went away. Say you were in that business today. Yeah. Would you, do you think you'd see yourself in a better spot or worse? I don't, I don't know if that's the type of business you want to stay in. That's kind of a get in and get out type of deal. Yeah. It's a lot of shady stuff that goes on. It's a, it's a fence. That's what a pawn shop is. We, we can all pretend and say, no, we're providing value to the community by <laughs> giving loans to the bankless. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, though, when you're, when you're doing all these things, you know, there, there has to be a limit on how much, how long you can do it. You know, yeah, I, I'm just, well, just look at the history of pawn shops here in Rochester. There's, there's one that I know of on Lyle and state streets called Palm Brokers of Rochester. They've been around forever, but the previous owner's not there anymore. No. You know, so many of these places burned down very mysteriously. But they had lots of insurance. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> to do the math, there it's it's a hustler's business. It, it is. You know, and I, the type of people that used to call you want some pawn shop stories. I got some gems here. Let's do it. Let's <laughs> okay. go, man. Let's fucking do it. All right, I'll tell you. This is a funny one. So this this um little this white woman comes in. Okay, she's a white woman. All right, and she's got this big gold Jesus piece chain. All right. So I'm looking at this little white girl. And I'm putting two and two together, and I'm kind of thinking, mm, she didn't buy that. All right, this is her boyfriend's, <laughs> and she wants to pawn it, and she has no idea what it is. So I put the thing on the scale. This thing is like 18 karat gold, all right? It weighs, uh, the, the value of it's about $2,000, okay? Jesus. So I ask her, what do you want for this? And she goes, I don't know, $100? So I says, Best I can do is 80. <laughs> Best I can do <laughs> is 80. That was fun. Could you imagine if you kept it, man? We could have made a reality TV show. I know. Could have yeah. made a reality show out of this, man. So I, I actually know about 8 Mile Pond. Do you? Yeah. Um, a friend of mine went on that. By the way, it's not reality at all. The I didn't whole think thing so. is, The whole thing is scripted. Everything's scripted, man. It really was. They told him what to do and everything. He went in there to, they said, go in there and, and uh, pick out a ring and yeah. say it's for your wife. And then they told him, they gave him an earpiece. They said, pick your nose and then touch the ring with it. Yeah. And then they made security drag. The whole thing was scripted though. Yeah. They paid him for it, but it was not reality whatsoever. It's like here, man, you, you don't know it already, but I gave him all the lines before we started the show. <laughs> you know, that's just, that's just how the world works. Not really. This is all fucking unfiltered. This is raw. This is raw. This is real. This is how it goes. And this is how I wish things in mainstream media, I guess you could call it. Yep. I wish it was like that. But we all know that reality television is far from it. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was interesting to find that out. 8 Mile Pond is famous. I lived pretty close to it, actually. Did you really? At one point. Yeah, I lived on 8 Mile and Van Dyke. Damn. I could have walked to the store every day. Did you walk there ever? I never went in there. No? No. Ten the, years you lived there and you didn't go? The pawn shop, I was, <laughs> yeah, I know. The pawn shop business in Michigan is not, it's not as good here no. as it is here. Here it's really good. I know, especially in ER. Well, um, the ER? Dude, East Rochester, man, that's that's like a prime spot, isn't it? I'm, I'm sure it is. The, well, the primary reason is because it's easier to make it in Michigan in general. The, they still have a very strong middle class. Yeah. You're, you know, your middle class there is pulling in 70, 80 grand a year. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. It's not, you know, they're not doing bad. Here, the uh, average salary in Rochester is 32000 As one person. Yeah. Ouch. And uh, I think, I don't remember exactly, but more than 20% of people that live here are under the poverty line or extremely poor. Yeah. 
It's really bad. So pawn shops do well here. <laughs> they, they do. They do. Yeah. You know, and and hopefully one day they'll 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 be a little bit better than that. You know, things will will be a little bit up on the up and up. Yeah. I don't know though because it all depends on like everything that comes into play. You know, you see how things have turned for the worse. Will we ever see it go for the better? I don't know. You know. We got to solve the drug problem. I think it's it's causing a lot of issues. Yeah. Heroin and crack and stuff. From just based on observing from where I was living, it's really bad. Heroin, especially. I I know people that have overdosed on that. Um, yeah. Obviously, coke is another thing that you know has taken a lot of lives. It's it's very sad, man. And I think that people don't take it as seriously as they should. You know, we I think everybody in this city knows at least one or two people that have died from a drug overdose. Some somebody I I have been friends with for years just told me of a heroin overdose <gasps> death. Yesterday. Really? Yeah. Jesus. So it's happening to people that we know and that are close to us. Yeah. Fentanyl is one of the hugest things right now. It's it's sad. You know, anything can be laced with it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You just can't trust it. You can't trust your drugs like you used to, I guess. No. I, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, you know, you see these videos. Now, I don't know how much is true on this stuff, but, like, these cops, they, they have these reactions when they, they basically touch the, the substance with their hands. I don't know how if, you, if you believe it. Did you ever see that? No. Yeah, they're always, like, you know, over, overdosing, I guess. I don't know when they touch fentanyl with their hands. and I don't wow. know, man. Do you think that I – mean, I don't know if the, the substance itself could soak through your skin that fast and give you that much of a reaction. I don't know. I, some of the, a lot of that fentanyl I heard was coming through China, like for malicious reasons. Jesus Christ! Yeah, so they're putting it in here specifically. China's war against us is economic. Yeah, they can't get us militarily. Um, and and I heard a lot of drugs are coming from China of fentanyl. Same with Mexico, but China has it out for us. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean we're we're in dire straits with the debt and trillions of dollars. K- kinda, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, no, don't think about that though. If somebody owed you all that money, wouldn't you be pissed at them? Yeah, uh, <laughs> the only thing that's kept us going is we're still America. Like, yeah. oh, oh, we owe you money. Come and get it, America. <laughs> fuck yeah, yeah, that's us, man. We're still the number one military. Still number one. Um, not necessarily by numbers. China did outpace us there, probably. But geographically, uh, technology, we're by far number one still. Yeah, technology, I mean, just in general, has just skyrocketed. I mean, look at all the things that we have now. And I'm not even talking about medically and all that stuff. I'm talking just in general. Artificial intelligence just just ripping through our society in a different light than it ever that we ever thought it would ever come about before. I mean, look, we watched all those movies, iRobot. You know, we all oh, know yeah. the ending here, man. Yes. We know the end game. AI is going to turn their ass against us. I don't know if that's a, an agenda that's actually been going forth or not. Like, have they been telling this for the movie? I'm not a conspiracy guy, but... No? <laughs> I, I'm not. But I think about these things like, okay, there were a lot of Terminator episodes. Yeah, there was. <laughs> Arnold starred in a lot of them. Yeah. You know? And he was in the government at one point. Um, I, had, I don't know who it was. I forget which guest it was, but they were telling me that they have to tell you as a society, they have to tell you what they're going to be doing. So what they do is throughout movies and stuff, they kind of drop subtle hints in here. I've heard that hint. too. Yeah, you have? I have. That's a conspiracy theory out there that they, they do this on purpose. Like, you know, obviously, I robot and all that stuff. We already know artificial intelligence is the bad guy. But like... I don't think it's the bad guy. You don't think so? Nope, not at all. 
In real world or the movie? In real world. I mean, not yet. Not yet, but I guess. <laughs> but, I mean, what can it do? The, the core of a... I know some programming. The core of AI is an if-else statement. It's just making a decision. <laughs> right. But it learns from yeah. people's contributions, and then it tries to attempt to build off of it. Yeah. So you can install safeguards programmatically. All those years of doing CAPTCHA, you know, the security <laughs> thing, yeah. you're helping AI doing stuff to, sure. to, to recognize what this is and what that is. You're actually helping them do that. But how is that going to end up... Uh, so my challenge would be, for the sake of learning together, my, my question would be, how is an AI learning CAPTCHA going to ultimately be harmful to society? <laughs> well, it can hurt your feelings. <laughs> I mean, if somebody typed in a, a prompt that was a joke towards you or something and, and you, you see it, it, it could hurt your feelings. Okay. Or, or, or you know, open AI, all that stuff. You I know, you, you could say, hey, can you type this letter or this text message to so-and-so and tell them how much of a piece of shit they are? <laughs> then, yeah, they'll, they'll definitely hurt you. Um, I don't know. Right now, no. <clears throat> but it is an eye-opener because you have stores like BJ's. You have the hospitals in this area along with other places that have actual literal robots. Yeah, that's going on. I, th I actually think right now we do have the technology to build an actual Terminator. You've seen the... <laughs> have you seen Boston Dynamics? No. The Boston Dynamics robots? They're no. funded by the... Oh, yes, I have. the. Yeah. yeah. So this is the one where they were like dogs. They started that way. They started off as dogs. Now and then, they have humanoid ones that do yeah. gymnastics. Well, yeah, I think I've seen a little bit of those. Those are like brand new. Yep. But the dogs, so was it Boston, Massachusetts Police Department? They were going to use these as like drug sniffing dogs or whatever. They were going to chase down criminals and shit. Well, sure. of course, we already know what's going to happen because once you come out with something, I mean, we've seen it with drones. Somebody oh, yeah. out there fucking has to military, you know, just make this thing armed and dangerous. Well, guess yeah. who did that? China and Russia. They will be mil they will be militarized eventually. Oh, dude, they already are. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we, we have the ability to produce killer robots right now. You ever watch the show um, Black Mirror on uh, Netflix? Everyone tells me to watch Black Mirror. I haven't yet. You should because there's one episode. It's black and white. It's like a very noir-esque, you know, apocalypse kind of um, episode. And it's about these fucking dogs, man. And they chase people and kill them. Really? They're robot dogs. They look just like the ones that exist in real world today. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah, man. It's not... It's not above the. It's not far fetched to the point where we we could look at that and go, "That's never going to happen." It's already here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember uh, my stepfather. He worked at uh, RIT specifically in uh, computers. All right, security. And I asked him one day. I was like twelve. I was like, "Can they really make a Terminator?" Because I was terrified of it. I was like, "Oh my god, this could happen." And he said, "Well, the software is already there." Kate. Capability-wise, that the hardware just hasn't caught up yet. Yeah, but you, but it has as of today. <clears throat> that, that can be done. Yeah, not the liquid kind, like the, no, but it can be done. Maybe the liquid kind eventually down the road, but I don't yeah. know. I I think right now we should be worried about the dogs because that's happening right now, man. Yeah, because dogs are cute and you don't expect them to kill you. Yeah, I mean you see it all the time. You know, you get all these AI things like, what the hell is that one movie? Where the kid, the son dies, and they they have it. Rem they have an AI. Oh, that's literally called AI. <clears throat> oh yeah, AI dirt. It's, it's, a, it's a boy, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so they the family like adopts this AI android, and it's I guess supposed to take place of their son. I remember that movie vividly because it, it actually really messed with my head. Scary. Yeah. 
and I watched it way too young. I was like, oh, my God, is it a boy or is it a machine? I don't understand. Like, it psychologically messed me up when I saw that for the first time as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell is that other movie? Uh, X, I'm going to butcher this name. X Machina, X Mech. Oh, X Machina. X Machina. Yeah, Machina. Yes. Yeah, that was interesting, too. That's a fucked up situation. Yes. Very big, very real. Like That was about the touring test, right? So, you know, the the... the AI android is a female, and the guy's like, you know, she's trying to persuade him to, to fall for her, I guess, and just, like, right, right. play on his emotions and shit, dude. And then she fucks him up. Spoiler alert, that happens. She obviously turns on him. I, re- I remember that movie. Yeah. So, I, dude, you look at that, and you go, well, you know, back then when those movies came out, we weren't even anywhere near AI yet. Yeah. You know, so we're, we're watching them like, oh, that's far that's far into the future. No, that was like 10 years ago. About that long ago, yeah. No, that was very, very, very recent comparatively. Yeah, it was 2015 when that movie came out, 2014. Yeah. We were just starting to look into, like, um, I think uh, ChatGPT. When did that come out? Was that 2020? It might have been. They have plugins for ChatGPT now that I'm actually interested in. <laughs> but they they um, can produce a voice and make phone calls on your behalf. Yep. And they sound like a human, and they're good at it. There's ones that you can do for celebrities, politicians. Sure. I mean, little old ladies are getting scammed now because their son's voice are getting captured on this artif- artificial intelligence, and now they're getting scammed for money because they think their son's in big trouble. Yeah, that's that's a negative expression of the technology. Yeah, but that's another that's another way of hurting somebody with AI. I suppose you're, you're okay. You're on some. Technically, you're right. You know, little old ladies are getting fucking ransacked just through AI. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> just think about that. But on the other end, the positive side, um, I, I one of my first jobs ever was a telemarketer. That was that was difficult. All right. They only had four-hour shifts. You know why? Because that's how hard it is to do telemarketing oh, you, when you you're on the burned. phone getting rejected all the time. You get burned out. Yeah. There's no way. So if it removes those jobs and then it uh, will. Yeah, it will. And then on the other end, you've got an actual salesman closing the deal. That's a positive thing. Yeah. You know, and and by the way, did, did that take any jobs away or did it enhance jobs? That particular situation probably enhanced it. Right. So now you're now you're closing more sales. Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah. I don't think AI is really a job threat. It should create more jobs than it takes, I hope. You'd hope. Yeah. A lot of people are worried because like music, artists, and all that stuff, that's taking away their jobs. I, I guess I can understand that. Here's my thing. Yeah, we, like, we did. Uh, sorry to cut you off, but yeah. we, we did underestimate we did. how creative AI could be. It, it is creative, but it's lacking It's lacking soul. Yes. It's, it's lacking the human touch. Right. Because I don't care who you are. If you look at something, video, photo, whatever it is, you'll know that that wasn't done by a human. Yeah, you could tell. Yeah. And it's also ripping people off, too. They're, what they were doing was taking all this information from different artists. You know, they, they would go through and, and go, okay, this artist style, that artist style. They were all compiling this information, all this data. And now the AI is actually ripping them artists off, and that's how it comes up with the photos you, you put prompts in for. I actually didn't know that. Yeah, that, that's a huge thing. And I, I completely agree with people that are pissed about that because I for sure would be fucking pissed. Be like, huh, that style looks familiar. You know, it's like if you do an artificial intelligence version of a podcast, say one like this one, and you could tell like it's different, different person. It might yeah. be a female instead of a guy. You know, it might be a woman instead of me. And, you know, it just 
things look dissimilar, you know, the colors, the the designs of the logos and shit, very similar. But wouldn't you be pissed off? I know I would be. Like, yo, they ripped I, me I off. Didn't think, I didn't think of that, yeah, because there's, there's enough organic content out right now where AI could probably copy and make better content Yeah, based on what's here. Yeah. Um, certainly not better than the M-bomb effect. Uh, <laughs> You'd hope. You'd hope not. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. So did that take a job or that no, that took a whole industry. It took a whole industry. That's the what I, that's what I'm saying. Like those those type of things, that's where it hurts people. Like, yeah, you can go to McDonald's. I mean, but who's really losing out when you go to McDonald's? I mean, you're losing the minimum wage job, right? You can go out and get a better job than that. But here's the thing I worry about too, and I see it because I used to be in I'm I'm still kind of in this industry where trucks and delivery vans and all that shit. What if sure. that gets taken out by AI? So, yeah, um, there's a current company right now that's planning to remove truck drivers and make them all AI within the next, like, five years. Yeah, that's scary. Um, which I I have a CDL, all right? I'm actually currently pursuing the A-class CDL right now. Oh, shit, you yeah. know, full-fledged. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, owner-operator trucking, by the way, huge money in it. It's, it's an underestimated industry. A couple hundred thousand a year you can be doing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they they ha- they could take that whole industry to computers, and it'll and why wouldn't they? It's cheaper. They don't have to pay someone 200 grand a year. Right. It won't have any accidents. I mean, there's a net win for everybody. Don't you think it's slave labor, though? They have artificial intelligence. Now you have an AI, which is supposed to be a somewhat intelligent life form to a degree. And you're making them work for free. Yeah, but it's all right. No soul. <laughs> As of right now, right? Okay, so so interesting. Um, and we have to probably we have to be careful about this. But when <laughs> when, uh, when uh when you have uh, free labor at your disposal, um, you have an economic boom that follows it. So the last time this happened was through energy. So one gallon of gasoline that costs us three dollars is the equivalent of four thousand man hours of labor. And we had an explosion of, you know, the economy boomed because of that. Yeah. Will the same thing happen when AI is our new free labor? That's how I see it. So are we going to come to a point where people are going to feel bad for AI? Because eventually AI is going to have emotions to a degree. <laughs> yeah. People are going to say, is this, you know, humanitarian, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like I, the human I wonder, aspect. I wonder who I wonder who will have that concern. I don't know. Because I, I just know intuitively that it's only mimicking emotions. Like, I know I know this. Right now. I mean, I don't know, man. That's a that's a good question. Is it humane to take advantage of AI if it does actually feel something, if it does express emotions? How do we know it doesn't feel? I, I think that it doesn't feel because how can us at the end of the day how does a switchboard have produce feelings you know it True. Can, it can only mimic it like this computer doesn't have feelings it doesn't it's but just doing it, everything I I command it to do it could certainly look like it does though maybe it doesn't know any fucking better though <laughs> <laughs> it's dumber than a box of rocks unless I fucking get behind it and control it otherwise it's just a pointless laptop that sits in the studio and doesn't do a sh- fucking thing all day yeah but like with with an aspect of like a robot, say we have a robot, you know, and it has artificial intelligence, it moves around, it has, it, it, it's coded to, I don't know, think freely. It's, sure. it's coded to move wherever it feels like. Yeah. It's coded to think for itself. Don't you think with all of that, there comes a point where it's kind of sentient 
a, a sentient being. Yeah. I still don't buy it. I, still, I, I, I can only I can only see that it just mimics it because uh, it was not born. It, every one of those aspects that you just mentioned was manufactured. Right. But were we manufactured? Well, <laughs> this conversation could, could turn very spiritual very quickly right now. It, it could go any way right now. Yeah. It can go spiritual or it can go conspiracy theory. Huh. That's what happens on the show. Okay. So there's a couple different things, but before I do that, I do have to say... Uh, Jerry Motion's on here with us. He goes, how are we doing tonight, M-Bomb and new friend? Just turned on the convo, and I'm invested as I get extraterrestrial. Very good. G-Motion promotion, Jerry Motion's Dead XO Laughter. Go check him out. He's amazing. He's got a stream. He's got music. He's got it all. And he's also been on the show multiple times. Awesome. All right, Jerry. So, and I hope Jerry's listening. I hope he, he has his two cents in this, because I know he will. He should. I mean, I know him well enough. Dude, so... <sighs> What we were talking about, it can go either way. Were we man? Were you? Were, you, were, were we manufactured to a degree, or is this all simulation? I've heard the simulation argument before. Yeah. Um, although I don't believe it, I would. I would say that could be because I just don't know enough about it. Yeah. And um, that's okay, man. Yeah. I don't either. <laughs> but the discussion of it and and what our opinions are about it, and the things that we might have experienced in life to kind of combat or not combat, but maybe argue against the other opposing argument. Look, man, I think we all know that there's a lot of weird, wacky shit that happens in our world, right? And I'm not talking just the stuff that people do. I'm not talking about crime or, like, political agendas and all that shit. I'm talking, like, unexplainable shit that we call maybe paranormal or extraterrestrial. Sure. sure. G-motion promotion. Um, <laughs> I, I really do believe that there's, quote-unquote, glitches in our world. Have, have you have you had any miracles happen for you? Miracles, sure. Or, or define what that would mean. Uh, have you ever uh, just really got down, like prayed for something for an outcome, and then it happened that seemed impossible? I, I can't really think of one off the top of my head, so probably not. Okay. Um, I would like to say I have had those experiences, but there are so many people that would say, well, that was a coincidence and you got lucky, you know? So I suppose a lot of this is the mindset of what you choose to believe. True. I hear that a lot. You know, oh, you're lucky. Oh, it was, you know, the stars aligned or whatever the case may be. Right. I think some of that is destined not by destiny itself, but where you lead your life to go. Everybody has a different walk of you know, life and stuff. You know, I could have just sat here this whole time and not ever started this podcast. I wouldn't have met a lot of people. Yeah. You know what I mean? I wouldn't I wouldn't have been working with Randy from the montage. I'd just know him as the guy who owned the montage, and I'd just go to his establishment and watch cool shows. Well, that in itself is spiritual. I mean, when you uh, when you focus your will towards something, yeah. you know, uh, energy is with you. It follows you, and, and that creates momentum. Yeah. You know? One thing that I that always stood out to me as a kid in, in into adulthood is <clears throat> um, dreams. Because oh, I like this. Yeah, yeah I want I want to go here because I will remember specifically different dreams I had, and even if it's like the most simplest shit, it's not. Um, what do you call it? It's it's basically one a dream that you have, um, and, and you live it down the road. That's a, pre a premonition, right? Yeah, premonition, sure. you know, or what in, what in the, uh, yeah, you know, like the butterfly effect. Okay. Almost. It's kind of like it, but you know, how does that happen? I've, I've, I've got, I believe God or intuition, whatever you want to call it, 
uh, does speak to me through dreams. It's happened to me. That What you just described has happened to me a lot of times. I've had a dream uh, several months ago where I won the lottery, all right? And I didn't win the actual lottery, but something in my life happened that I never thought I would have. Yeah. You know, and yeah, no, there's something to dreams. There really is. I will never forget this one in particular. So I had this dream um, probably 2010, 2011, something like that. And the dream consisted of funerals. Okay. So every funeral, we would always be together. Like it was a whole bunch of group of friends we went to high school with or something, and everybody would kind of get together. In the first few funerals, I didn't know who the hell it really was. We were just there. And, you know, we would converse and all that. By the end of the dream, it was one of the friends' funerals. One of my ex-girlfriends, one of my, you know, close friends I had, I'd known for years. And, you know, I woke up and I was like, oh, shit, that's pretty intense. Wow. You know, and I didn't think of anything of it. 2012 comes around and I find out that this same person, she passed away. Oh my God. And I, I didn't, it, it dawned on me. I was like, wait a minute. It, is it coincidence? Or was I getting told something somehow? How did that work? No, that was not, I don't think that was a coincidence at all, man. I think that was a spiritual premonition that you had that cannot be reproduced in AI. You know what the real kicker <laughs> is though? But go ahead. The real kicker is there was no funeral for friends to go to. It was all private. Wow. With the family. I never got to say my goodbyes. And I'm pretty much living, I mean, this is, this is years ago. I mean, obviously 2012, here we are in 2024 and this will be 12 years since she's been gone. And I've been kind of living, you know, without closure, what happened, you know, and, wow. and I always think back to that dream. Like, what, was I supposed to do something? Was I supposed to say, Hey, something bad might happen to you. Cause I'm going to be honest with you. I just had another dream last week of somebody that I know they, they died in the dream. Wow. And I'm starting to wonder, do do I tell this person? It's a hard did one. You, did you feel the same way? I don't know. I don't know how to feel when I woke up. I was like, Whoa, you know, that's okay. harsh. It was very vivid. It was almost real. But at the same time, I'm like thinking to myself, do I, so first of all, this is a person I haven't really talked to. We, we kind of talked sometime two years ago, you know, but we, we, we were close at one point, but we're not anymore. Okay. So, you know, it's kind of just weird to come out of the woodwork and say, Hey, I just had a dream about you and it wasn't good. Not for nothing, but, um, you have leadership qualities. It's no secret why you would have dreams like this and be trusted with that kind of knowledge. It might be a good idea to, is that person religious? No. Okay. So I, you when know. people when people in my church have had uh, these kinds of dreams before, they they start praying, they intercede in that way. Uh, but this is a this is a path I think you got to explore, man. So, you know, I I'm into the paranormal stuff. I know you're probably not, um, but I was told by somebody that I had, you know, I'm able to pick up on different things and all that. And I don't know if it's true, man. I, I'm very skeptical on things, you know. I, I've experienced a lot of crazy nonsense, I guess you could call it, that I can't explain. That's why I go out seeking this stuff because I want I want proof. You know, you tell people, hey, I experienced this. They look at you and go, yeah, right, fucking bullshit. And I'm looking at myself like, 
No, it's not bullshit. I it's fucking not, it's not bullshit. It's what I'm saying. Like so, but <clears throat> the thing is though is when you have these dreams and something like that comes true, you know, whether people want to believe it or not, I know it's real. I know it's true because I experienced it. I witnessed it. Sure. So when you have these dreams again of somebody else, you know, and it's not often, but like, what do you do with that information? My cousin deals with the paranormal. Does he? She. Oh, she. Yeah. Is this one I know? I don't know. Her oh. name is Michelle. Okay. Yeah, they, uh, they, and my sister uh, is an exorcist. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's crazy, man. <laughs> well, what are your thoughts on it? I believe I believe the paranormal. Um, I think we might. The church does a bad job because they will say, "Oh no, there's no ghosts, but there's demons." I, well, I, what, I, whatever. I hear that. It's a lot. the same thing. You know, you're, you're using different terms. <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's like no, that's not blue. That's indigo. Come that's on. indigo. It's not green. <laughs> it's it's teal. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. But um, there is something on the other side. The spiritual realm is 100 percent real. I know this. Uh, and there's more. There's more after this. I actually, I think uh, uh, this life is a big test. Could be. Yep. Could be a whole simulation too. <laughs> what if that is true though? What if the people that are programming the simulation is giving us little messages through our dreams? What if the dreams in itself is actually the reality, and this is not the reality? I like how you think on that. Yeah. Uh, like, so by what you're saying, the dream is. Um, a taste of the other side. Yes. And that's really what's going on. That's really what's going on. Yeah, I could, like, I could see that being true. It's almost like the curtain's being lifted. It's supported in the Bible, by the way. Is it really? That, that theory, sure. I'm trying to think, because I did, I did listen to it front to back, cover to cover. Yep. There's a lot of things to ingest with that whole, it's not a book, it's a, a com- compilation of books. That's true. You know what I mean? It's, it's and, and I do question a lot the books that were taken out because some people decided to take some books out of it. See, that's the one problem with me and in just ingesting all that is I know that the human touch has maybe corrupted a, a bit. Oh, definitely. How about a simple fact? Um, the languages that they spoke back then when the Bible was put on stone was not English. In fact, the languages that they spoke had more letters than our language. Oh, 100%. So there was, there's things that are missing, sure. Yeah. Oh, I wholeheartedly believe that because when you look at the things they did, I mean, you have people that live to be 100 and something years old. They're having kids. They're popping kids out at 90, 80 years old in okay. the book. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, Well, they didn't have GMOs then. Uh, no, they didn't have <laughs> – no, GMOs and all that didn't exist back then. Uh, and if it did, well, jeez – but, you know, you read all these things, and it's like, yeah, they're, they're, those are so, like, those worlds back then were so much different. I mean, the Middle yep. East, obviously. But then, of course, you have other religions out there that believe that Jesus went to the Americas and talked to the people here. That's right. Uh, I think the Mormons believe that. They do. Yep. They, they do. Now, I'm not huge on, you know, religion and all that stuff, but I'm very open-minded to everything. That particular thing, I don't know if I believe in, but... Going back to simulation, what if this idea of religion is being coded, quote-unquote? You ever notice that a lot of the religions have a lot of the same messages all across the board? I recently started uh, reading uh, some Eastern one, and I, I just wanted to confirm your point here. Yeah. Um, when I was reading these scriptures from this Indian book, they were saying almost the same stuff that was in the Bible. They yeah. were just calling them the name of their god different yeah it's like allah sure right in in uh it's basically the same god that 
the Christianity, you know, Christianity worships. They, they, they both said the same thing, all right? Yeah. So the, the Western Bible says there is no name above Jesus. True. Okay? The Eastern one says there is no name above theirs. That's true. Right? That's so what it They states. both say that. Okay, well, which do you believe? So is it just by chance you grew up in the right culture? That can't be fair. I know. And then you look at, like, the mythology of the, the Vikings and all that. Sure. You know, granted, obviously a lot, a lot different. But, again, there's some similarities to an extent, you know. I mean, they believed in sacrifices and all that. I don't think Christians are out sacrificing things, but... Um, they do sacrifice, but certainly not like that. They, no, they, they sacrifice, like, you know, I was baptized a Catholic, so I know this, Lent. Right. You know, they, they sacrifice things that they love. Like, that's why they eat fish on, on Fridays, because right. any other meat, that's what they're sacrificing. You can't eat that. Sure. Absolutely. You know? And so, again, there's, there's another example of some type of similarity. It might not be, you know, sacrificing a goat and drinking its blood, whatever the case may be. Right. But it's obviously something that you're doing to appease your, your deity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we, do know, we do know this. If we wanted to tie every religion, probably accept Satanism. Yeah. Um, they all say, uh, love God with all your heart. And love each other and treat others how you want to be treated. If you do those three primary things, yeah. probably good. Yeah. Um, and then work it out yourself through this life, yeah. the rest. Oh, yeah. We've got some comments here. I, I like this. Jerry says I, these conversations need to be discussed beforehand so that they don't get overlooked. Uh, wow, whoa. How does a switchboard have feelings? Well, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. We didn't plan for that. We didn't plan for that. Jerry also says, uh, I hear the Judgment Day music playing in the background. Well, I don't hear any of that. But uh, Justin says, I truly feel that our dreams are a representation of our inner battle selves. Yeah, no, you go and read a dream book. It's very apparent that there's some type of messages that go along with these that correlate with the dreams you have. Um, I, I don't know if I wholeheartedly believe every dream I have is in that book. But, right. you know, just obviously something to it. Jerry says, I really enjoy this. I have you on the big screen listening to this amazing conversation. Dude, thank you so much for the support. It's very appreciated. Anyone that's out there listening and watching, I hope you're all thinking about the stuff that we're talking about because, yeah, we are on this show. We're joking around. Most of the time we're, you know, making jokes, trying to make you laugh, but we also want to make you think too. And this is one of those conversations that we're going to have on this show because we need to get down to the nitty-gritty of what this life is and what, what we're all about. Yeah, we didn't plan to come here, by the way. I think our plan was to discuss the differences between Detroit and Rochester. Oh, God. It goes, th yeah, see, that's what ends up happening. Better. No, this is what ends up <laughs> happening on the show. We, we Yeah, sure, we're, we're, we're going to discuss that stuff. But then we lead into this stuff. Yeah. So I love the simulation theory, man, because I don't know if I believe in it. Someone I knew that we went to school with, we talked about it so many times. I wanted to have him on this show so bad, but it never lined up, especially with COVID. Do you remember Matt Haas? Uh, yes. So him and I used to talk about all this shit all the time. We'd always, you know, we went out to sushi one time. We're talking wrestling. We're talking all this other stuff. And then we got into this. We got into the simulation theory. We got into all these different conspiracy theories. I'm like, dude. And I go, this is before I even had the podcast. I go, I wish we had something where we can just get that out there and just talk about it. And he's like, yeah, you know, like. So when I started the podcast, it was one person I wanted to have on the show is Matt Haas. And COVID time happened. I'm like, all right, well, we'll fucking, we'll get together, dude. I was like, yeah, we'll hang out. Well, unfortunately, he passed away during August of 2020. Really? So, it, yeah, it never happened, never came to fruition. 
So, you know, I wish I would have had him here sitting with us talking about this stuff because I guarantee he'd be all about it. But here's the thing. He knows now exactly what this life had. To That's offer. true. He That's knows true. now whether it's simulation or not. Yeah, do you, Have you ever studied near-death experiences? Uh, sort of. I mean, there's a couple of videos I watched. One particularly, there's obviously TV shows and all that, but I mean, I'm, I'm talking like internet stuff where people are being raw and unfiltered. Yep. And this one guy said that he used to be afraid to die, and he came close to death to the point where it felt good. It's obviously the same thing that you used to hear. You know, you see family again. You get all the good feelings, the uh, overabundance of love and all that. Yeah. And now he says that he's not afraid to die, and that he actually looks forward to it when that day comes, but he's going to live his life to the fullest now. That's beautiful. It is. I think if you have that inner peace, you you, you don't have fear anymore. True. And you can really pursue your purpose yeah. without any compunction. I liked what I hear. So there's this guy <clears throat> going back to the cold plunge. I was watching this guy doing cold plunges on Instagram. And he says that, you know, people say good morning. And he goes, yeah, it used to mean something. But yeah. now it's just like good morning, right? Right. I like what he said, though. He says we should say something along the lines of we woke up. I understand why the sentiment I do. I'm breathing. I'm alive. Air is filling my lungs. Acknowledge you got another chance. Yes, we woke up. Yeah, that comes from a place of gratitude. That's a beautiful thing. And that, I think, is something that we take we take for granted. We do. We take a lot of the stuff that we, we deal with on a daily basis for granted, like even just simply waking up, getting a cup of coffee, and just looking outside as we're drinking that cup of coffee, just looking outside at the snow or the, the beautiful summer day that we have. We take it all for granted, man. I, I'm not ashamed to admit that I, I've been to prison or jail three times. Um, and, uh, every time, uh, I left and got out of there, you forget about the little things, the smell of grass yeah. or leaves or taking a walk, you know, these are actual freedom, these tiny little things that we overlook every day cause we're busy. Yeah. Don't overlook it. No, don't. Because if you do, you're missing out. And I, I'll be honest with you. I've, I've missed out on a lot of shit in my life, man. I have just because I was so set in my misery. I don't want to be wow. that way anymore. Yeah, please don't. Because. And it is a choice. It is a choice, man. That's why I said this year, I was like, I can't do this anymore with winter. You know, I never used to take walks out in winter that much. <clears throat> and if I did, it was, you know, just whatever. But yesterday I went for a 40 minute ruck and never before would I ever really thought about doing that too much. But I went yesterday. I want to start rucking more. Because it's good cardio, you know. My cardio only days, I have to do something different other than that treadmill or something. I'm like, dude, it's I got to get a different scenery. So I'm outside. I'm walking around the area that I've never really kind of noticed. You drive by it, you know, you see it, and it's just gone. Well, outside yesterday when I'm walking around, I'm like, dude, this is really, it's cold. Yeah, I'm suffering. It's like 20-something degrees out. Fucking wind's hitting my face. It's windy out, so it's got to be some wind chill there. But I'm like, dude, this is beautiful. Yeah. I'm looking around at the snow, the green on the on the <clears throat> some of the the you know trees and shit, and I'm like, wow, because you don't really notice that stuff. I love that. That's that's a good image. You know, I took myself out of my comfort zone, and in the midst of the suck, I embraced what was around me for once. Okay. I I used it to kind of motivate me to do it more. You know, I love photography and I love videography for this reason because you're capturing moments. You'll never forget. You can go back and look at that and go, wow, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good thing. 
And, you know, I, I know that a lot of people take things for granted. We, we get so busy in life, whether it be a, a job or projects like this that we're working on, or you're in a band or you're in multiple different projects and you, you oversee the stuff that's happening. You know, people don't even see their kids grow up most of the time because they're out working all the time. Absolutely. You know, and it's like, <clears throat> I don't want to be that father. I kind of feel bad for the generation in front of us because we, we had a little bit of this, but they have it even more. They're not really doing like uh, relationships anymore or falling no. in love. They're not, they no. don't believe in marriages. It's gone. I, I don't like that because, it, um, and that's a failure of the Western culture because the East is still doing it. They're still doing it. And they're making families and everything's good and they're not getting divorced, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this country has given up on it and their focus has turned into let's go make money. But it's funny to me. How much Gen Z worships money and they still don't have any. <laughs> Dude, you're chasing the wrong green. Okay, <clears throat> I like this. Go you're ahead. chasing the wrong green because when you're chasing that green, you're missing out on the other. You know the story of the, the grass is greener on the other side, right? Right. You want that side where it's money-driven and all that stuff. Of course it's nice to have money, right? You can buy things. You don't have to worry about bills as much. Sure. But then when you're you're chasing that green, you're missing out on the green that's growing behind your house. I'm talking about the the livery, the green grass is there, oh, the, yeah. the plants, you know, nature itself. I think we we all forget that nature is actually where we're supposed to be, man. Oh, definitely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, this whole system is a fabrication. This it is, is not, you know, we've spent a lot of time building infrastructure to make our lives easier. Yeah. Unfortunately, it has made people dumber. Dude, it's <laughs> terrible. Like society has completely forgotten where we originated from like we don't even know where we originated from right but we do know that you know these houses and stuff that we live in and all that this is not natural no you know what i'm saying like back in the day when you know not even americans but humans in general just humanity when we were fucking living you know back in the day of caveman times right right we lived within nature we figured out how to make fire we hunted yeah. animals yeah. You know, and we, we were out there, you know, so like when you look at it stuff, this, it, you know, in modern day society, you'll notice that instinctually you'll find these weird feelings that you get. Like you, you know, going out and just, you know, yeah, we can go to the grocery store, right? right. Grab some meat, some veggies and all that shit. But just think about like, and I know some people out there are like, oh, you know, hunting animals is bad and all that. But like, think about it. Even if you don't hunt animals, just gather something. Gather something. Do something. Do something that's successful. Right. You know, accomplishment. I'm talking accomplishment. We lack accomplishment, the feeling of accomplishment, understanding the, the gratitude from the accomplishment. We don't want to work for something anymore. Yeah. That's sad. Yeah, it got too easy. We had to work for things in order to survive back in that time. I'm talking you had to hunt and kill and cook and hunt and gather and build your own house. Now you can just buy a house that's overdone with. People might right. just hire somebody to go build their houses. Back then, though, man, people built their own house, their shelter. They 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 made things in order to survive. Uh, you're right. I, I actually think because things got too easy, um, at least for men, men have become weaker also. Now, if you actually look at the statistical biology, generation to generation, a 30-year-old man today versus one in 1980 has about 20% less testosterone. Oof. Yeah. And same with their parents. All right. So two generations ago, yeah. they had almost twice as much testosterone as we do today. You, you think that's not causing an effect of some sort? It, it really is. <laughs> yeah. It really is. 
you know, a lot of, and, and people call it toxic, to, was it masculine tox, toxic, toxic masculinity. <laughs> I don't yeah. even that know. That used anymore. to just be regular masculinity. Like, <laughs> and don't get me wrong. You know, they're right. Like men shouldn't be beating women and treating women sure. shitty and all that. Sure. Like those things. Yes. But I'm talking like standing up for what you believe in, teaching right. your kids, your children, you know, morals and values. Yeah. You know, working as a team with your, your, your spouse, you know, these type of things. I'm talking like, don't fucking put your tail between your legs and run away from fucking, conf, you know, conflict. Yeah, you know, confrontation. Confrontation and all that. Absolutely. You have to stand up for yourself, stand up for your family. You have to stand up for the things that you believe in. You have to get out there and fucking earn, a, not just a living, but earn what you have in today's world. You know, do you want your kids to live with nothing? No. Right. You know, but people are so comfortable living in whatever the hell they're living in. And it's sad because at the end of the day, man, if you're comfortable and you don't want to step out of that comfort zone, you're in trouble. Sure. Comfort will kill you. That's a great point. I agree. <clears throat> like, I dude, I'm going to be honest with you. You know, I got laid off in 2022. I got comfortable. I think it was the right thing to, to happen now that I look back at it. hindsight 2020, right? Sure. We always look back at shit and go, you know, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that happened. I'm grateful for what I have now. But back then, dude, I was, I was burnt out. I was miserable, but I was making a decent living. You know, I didn't. I wasn't planning on leaving, and I got laid off. Right. And I could have sat home on my couch all the all day long, every day, and just fucking boped and cried myself to sleep and did nothing with my life. But I didn't. I tried things that took me out of my comfort zone. I went, I fucking flew to Kansas City for a month to try a new job that ultimately failed. Well, at least you, I love that you went there though. Like I you did. went to go out and hunt. I like that. Dude, I fucking, I told my wife before I left, I go, I have a bad feeling that this isn't going to work out, but I'm going to do it anyways. Interesting. So I flew out there. Ultimately, it wasn't for me. It was just, just not for me. It was just, oh, just a scam. I talked about it on a past episode. So I get back to Rochester and I just ultimately quit. And I kept looking, looking, looking. In the meantime, I'm still going to the gym. I needed a routine to keep going, right? And so I kept doing my thing, doing my thing. I just kept applying, applying, applying. My wife just found a job today. Actually, well, not found a job, but was hired today at a, at a new company. Congratulations so to her. I told her, I go, I know it's hard. I know it sucks right now. I know you're, you're defeated. You're feeling like there's nothing out there for you. I know you're, you don't want to do childcare anymore. You want to do something different. But keep going. And, I, and she ultimately did. She kept going. She kept applying. And today's the day that she got the, the green light that, hey, you start next week. Okay. Yeah. That's still a win. It is a win. Even though it's not what she wants, that's a win. It is. You know, your guys didn't come win up. <clears throat> At least you got that, right? Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying, man. You have to step out of that comfort zone. Me... Before all that ever happened, I was too comfortable. I was like, this is paying the bills. Yes, I might be miserable, but it's something I know. I know what I'm doing, and I've been doing it for years, so I'm not going to go anywhere. Ultimately, though, I thought to myself now in present day, I go, I wish I did go somewhere. I wish I would have left that comfort zone because maybe I would have found this earlier. You know? I, I was forced to change jobs a little after COVID. Um, I was working uh, at a, a medical manufacturing company, um, at the peak of my career there, with only a few short years, I was I was making almost 120000 a year. Damn, dude. It was very good. Um, then a big company bought it out and decided, you know what? 
Labor's a whole lot cheaper in Costa Rica. Jesus. Let's gut the place and send everybody there. And I trained my replacement. That is the worst fucking feeling <laughs> ever. Yeah. yeah. Ever. So I said, you know what? Never again. And uh, I went into uh, waste management because I says, you know what? They can't outsource trash to China. No. This thing's always going to be. <laughs> <laughs> You're very right, man. Yeah. I and, mean, and you know what? Garbage, even as a driver, uh, especially here in New York, that's also a six-figure job. A lot of people don't know that. They don't know that. Yeah. They do pay well. Pay very well. I know people that worked in the, the garbage industry, and they got paid pretty fucking well. And, you know, people look at it like, oh, it's a dirty job, but that's, No. If, oh, it makes a man out of you, though. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, do you have any idea what kind of an athlete you have to be to do this job? <laughs> Dude, I see I, it all the time. I started on the back of a truck. Yeah. I was like 29 or just turned 30, and I was like, oh, my God, what am I doing? Did I do the right thing? And and uh, we didn't have the claws or anything. It was just cans and just shit. You had to just pick it up. <laughs> 50, 100 pounds, any weather, rain. It was, And uh, you're running, jumping, and throwing Yeah, hundreds of pounds. All day long, 10, yeah. 12, 14, 16 hours. Dude. I lost 50 pounds in eight months. I believe it. Just by working, and I was eating everything. <laughs> Dude, oh you were God. you were burning more calories than you were intaking in a day's basis. I, I had one of those uh, Fitbit things on. Yeah. That thing showed me that I burnt, on average, almost 2,000 calories per day. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's how intense it was. How many steps did you... How, what's the most amount of steps you had in a day? I don't even know. You don't 30, even know. 40,000. I'm sure. Just ridiculous amounts. People don't see this shit, but it's it's real, man. Yeah, and it'll either make you or break you. You become a man. And it's funny because you kind of... It builds your confidence physically because you start thinking, man, I could throw all this. I could throw people, you know? <laughs> yeah, that was true, man. It was fun. It is fun. You're just watching them. And I like active jobs, man, because it keeps you not only just physically strong, but it keeps you mentally strong, too, because you, 100%. Keep, you keep yourself focused on anything. Every, every task you come across, you know, you, you just keep yourself going. If you're sitting in a very mundane job that's repetitive and you're just doing the same fucking thing over and over again. Oh, yeah. Dude, you're going to burn yourself out. Do you know how much of your brain is dedicated just to physical movement? How much? Oh, like 80%. It's a lot. It's a lot. So if you're not moving, and you're sitting you in a chair. quite literally have a smaller brain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then you're screwed, man. Yeah. You're screwed. And people wonder why Why is there <laughs> depression and, and all these mental health issues coming up. Yeah. Get outside and move. Get outside, touch some grass. I, I, I'll recommend a book. It was called Spark. I like that. Yo, touch some grass. Grass is actually very therapeutic, especially when your bare feet are on it. Yeah, I don't do that. <laughs> I should, right? I'm just saying. Little tricks. Who knows who's listening? It's true. There's a lot of people. Uh, well, there's a few people listening, you know, live right now. Uh, Jerry's one of them, though. He goes, I myself respect most religions in different forms. I don't know who or what, but I do feel there is something. And I have been the man that prayed and got what I did not have. And I have been the man, and I have... Uh, that damn the sky, but still believes in aliens and conspiracy theories. And if there's someone who's helping me along the way, I want to treat it like anyone else respect. If you live every day, like we won't be here, we will live the life we truly should. I respect Michael's truth on prison. That was very deep. Uh, I feel like after COVID, all we all were shocked by reality coming back to us, the smell of this or the experience of this. And it was terrifying. Embrace the suck. Love still needs to be, and he goes, damn, I love deep M-bombs. You're, you're chasing the wrong green. I got chills. Dude, it's true, though. You know, and we go back on talking about work and all that stuff. There's nothing wrong with working. 
It's when you're overworking yourself, when you have a job that requires you to stay in hotel rooms every every night or every week, and you're working 60-plus hours a week, and you're missing time on family and friends. Sure. You know, and a lot of people, and I hate to admit it, but, you know, I, I even did this myself, but a lot of people work for jobs, and you're making the, the people that are owning that company money, but you're, you're killing your time. You're, so here's a good one, and I just wanted to say this before you go or before you say what you're about to say, um, we can always make more time or make more money. We can't always make more time. I like that. I like that. I don't know if we'll all get the chance to achieve that, but we can, we got to try. We have to. <laughs> yeah. This, this summer I had my, my daughter with me. Um, and uh, I, I do want to give some respect to single mothers right now because I was a single father and I was like, how do you do this? How do you raise a kid and provide for the kid and do all these things at the same time? Do you, I needed all sorts of help. It was ridiculous. And you talked about working 60 hours. That My only option was to work 60 hours, but also have a kid to take care of. It was like impossible. I, I, don't, I don't know what the balance is. I don't know if I'm supposed to be a balanced person. I don't think I am, but that was ridiculous. We could try our best for balance. I, I don't even aspire to it anymore. No? No. I'd rather tell a good story. <laughs> well, that's the thing about this podcast and every other podcast that's really out there is people experience life differently. You sure. know, my experiences are different than yours. We all have a story to tell, and that's why I like having different guests on this show because we're not talking about the same thing right. since you've experienced things differently than anyone else that's listening to the show right now. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, And that's the thing about it is that we all can kind of – listen to everyone's story and take what is in that story and kind of relate to it to some degree. You know, you just touching upon being a single father. There's other single fathers out there right now listening probably going, wow, you know, that really fucking resonates with me. You yourself have watched me go through the extremes of life, both high and low. Oh, dude, absolutely. times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, balance is just not in my soul. I don't know why, but I, I like the idea of it. Yeah. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, man, highs and lows. And with, with those extremes, here's what I can tell you. Um, the only thing that really matters to me is uh, who you are in between. Yeah. Because everything else comes and goes. 100%, man. Yeah. Are you honest? Are you true? Are you strong? What's your character like? That's yeah. the thing you're going to take to the other side. Yeah, and that's just it, man. Are we, are we living for other people or are we living for ourselves? Very good, yeah. I mean, yes, we should live for our, our sons and daughters, we should live for our families. But at the end of the day, everyone outside of that realm, you know, like you present yourself as who you are, they take it or leave it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Some people don't like who you are. You don't have to like them. They don't have to like you. Move on. That's a good way to be. I struggle with that myself because I, I do. I have a desire for people to like me. I do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I know what you're saying is true, and I try to be like that myself too. I don't think, I don't think it's wrong to feel that way. I think it's wrong to let people take advantage of you right. and still allow that to keep going on. Like Recently, it's been a little tough, but I've had to part ways with certain people just because there was whatever happening in, in that relationship or whatever. And with that being said, you know, you have to stand up for your, your beliefs. You have to stand up for who you are, what's what you're about. And if somebody doesn't like that and they just kind of shit on that, well, then that's on them. You can't change their mind. Definitely, yeah. You know, I'm not going to live my life pretending to be somebody just to appease everyone else. It's not, it's not feasible for me. It's not feasible for them. 
just expounding on the take advantage of part. So I, for me, I found a little hack for that. Okay? Oh. Um, this works for me. It could work for others. I think you do it too. Phys- physical fitness and being imposing, that helps. Dude. Uh, I know when I walk into a room most places, depending on how I dress, I'm, I stereotypically look like, oh, okay, he's probably a gangster. He's probably a mobster. They have no <laughs> idea. I'm actually really, really nice. Yeah. You know, but I think that you can ward uh, people off. With I, your appearance. I like I like how you said that because I don't know if I said it recently. I was talking to one of the guests, or I might have been talking off the show. But anyways, I had somebody come in studio. I'd never met this person before in my life in person. I talked to them online, blah, blah, blah. They've watched the show. They listened to – they kind of knew who I was to a degree, but they also admitted. They're like, you know, at first I was a little intimidated. I go, why? Well, I, you know, just – just kind of how you present yourself or how you look, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, you know, don't worry about that stuff. But they got to know me as I was talking to them here on the show, and even after the show went off the air, you know, they, they kind of understood at that point that I'm not an asshole. The only time I'm an asshole is if somebody really disrespects me or my family or whatever the case may be. Right. That's the only time I'm going to be an asshole. I don't like being that guy. I don't want to be that guy. That only comes out when somebody really asks for it. I mean, you can attest to that. Yeah, definitely. No, it's it's uh, you've always been very measured, actually, in in every ways. So I remember that. But they, people, don't, I don't know if everybody knows. You also used to like make prank phone calls, and like, <laughs> you used to be, have the most hilarious sense of humor in the world. <laughs> so somebody you know and I know mutually. There was a point back in middle school, high school. I don't remember. We ordered fucking hundreds of dollars worth of Chinese food and had it, <laughs> had it sent to their mom and dad's house. Wow. Yeah. I don't know whatever happened to that, but I know that they went and sent it because I heard about it like in school like that week after. Really? It was That's... like a Friday or Saturday night we did this shit, yeah. And we, we, dude, it was bad. That is so funny. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I did a lot of pranks back in the day, man. I, I know I did. So, you know, but who I was back then... Sure, you know, I like pranks and all that. I like a good laugh. But, you know, I think we come to a point where we mature and go, okay, that's probably not the best decision. You know? That wasn't the most mature expression, sure. No. Well, that, I was saying that to articulate the point that the core of you has a sense of humor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that can be shown on this, ep- you know, not in this episode, but on this show um, in previous episodes. But, you know, at the end of the day, man, you know, it's fun to reminisce. Right. Those are stories we can talk about here on the show or tell our families, you know, during around the table, be like, Hey, you remember that one time where I ordered a I, bunch of Chinese I lo- food? I love tell I love telling the pawn shop story, man. I love it. That I, one's so surreal to me because just Because it doesn't happen. No. I was I was eighteen. I know. And the and a terrible like it was against all odds. <laughs> How did that happen? I don't know. I was driving a Cadillac. Actually, no. I was usually in the backseat of it because I had my own driver. Oh, that's right. <laughs> well, I'll be honest with you. At least I was there for it, man. I'm so glad I got to experience it firsthand. I, I was. I just wanted to bring everybody with me. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. I wish we could have done more with that. that uh, yeah, but the, so the downfall of that was I got really arrogant. First of all, that much money for a 19-year-old kid yeah. is way too, especially when you never had nothing. Yeah. It was too much. It does. I mean, look, dude, we're, we don't know what the fuck we want when we're 18, 19 years old. Yeah. But when you come into some good stuff like that, you're like, well, how do I control it? You just can't. And I, I went nuts, dude. I bought like six cars. <laughs> it was stupid stuff. I, I had like, I had a Pontiac, I had a Jeep, I had a Cadillac Fleetwood. I had, uh, I just, you remember the Cadillac. I do remember the white Cadillac. Yeah. Didn't you have cheetah print seats in that thing? Yeah. 
I had cheetah print everything. Everything. Pants. <laughs> I wore, yes, I wore, your boy wore cheetah print pants. Yeah. It was very flashy, very arrogant. He's very Danny Wegman. <laughs> I had a guy I could call to beat people up. I had a guy that drove for me. Like, it was ridiculous. And it was because, you know, I don't know. I think it actually was because I was very insecure then, and I was really trying to, very hard to cover it up, Yeah, to be honest with you. Hey, I think we all do things in life. I think we're all insecure to a degree. I think even now, I think we have our insecurities. Yeah. You I, know. I'm much happier with my development today than I, than I was 15 years ago. Oh, God, yeah. And you should be. Yeah. You know, you have a daughter. You have, you know, you've, you've gone through a lot of experiences in Detroit. You're back here home in the Rochester area, dude. You're back in the ROC. And again, for all those out there watching and listening, this is the first time in over 10 years, over a decade, that we've actually been face-to-face with each other. I know. I don't think people understand that. No, and that's funny. I told you when I first, you have not changed. Like, your face is the same. <laughs> Just The only thing that happened is your arms got huge. Yeah, and I got a beard. too, but that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, man, you're looking good. Thank you. Dude. So, yeah. So when you, you talk about all the stuff that we've experienced together and, and we go back over a decade worth of history and shit, man, that huge gap that we had, we just, we fell off the face of each other's lives, which sucked. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I don't know if I would trade the experience, but I, uh, I missed everybody here. I really did. Yeah. And uh, everybody should travel. You you learn a lot. Detroit culture is so much different than New York. It's really it's in many ways it's bad because it's the wild west. Yeah, uh, there is a violence problem, but uh, it's easier to make it there if you want to prosper and develop yourself like financially. That's a great place to start. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, you don't need an education over there. You just need the, the will to work. You will get put to work and you'll make a good living there. It's yeah. easy. It's easy to make it. It's hard in New York. Oh, dude, it's very hard. I mean, I know a lot of people that strive to start businesses here but ultimately they they just can't i I got a video i did where i got a job from here over the phone (laughs) really in in michigan yeah i'll send Uh, it to you i want to see it Uh, yeah it's like you could you should edit it for the best parts but um yeah within 15 minutes i got an eighty thousand dollar a year job over the phone over the phone yeah using actually that's some of the stuff i was putting on the whiteboard yeah it was it was fun you know, it's, it really is astounding to me how things are different because, like you said, Detroit's different. Kansas City was different. Tell me about Kansas City. So Kansas City, I know a, an, I know a guy down there. He lives in the Kansas uh, State area, like a half hour away from the actual Kansas City, Missouri. His name He goes by Jukebox Ginger. He's another podcaster. And I got to meet him. We did a show at uh, the Sandbox uh, Bar, I think it's called, there in Kansas City, Missouri. But... The culture there is, it's a lot different. Um, people are more generous. They say things differently. Like, I noticed this, too, ever since I came back to Rochester. I've been doing this. Um, I'll say, I appreciate you. Okay. that's something they do down there. Yeah. They say, you know, you open the door for them, and they'll say, thank you, appreciate you. Here in Rochester, you don't hear that. You just, you don't even hear thank you half the time. That's right. You don't hear shit. Yeah. Even these older couple, you you open the door for them, they don't fucking, they don't even look at you. (laughs) You know, Kansas City, they make sure they know that they let you know that they appreciate everything you're doing for them in that moment. Southern Southern areas are like that. Yeah. Yeah. So the Midwest, man, you know, it definitely, a lot of people like to say 100%. You know, there's a lot of just, it's it's a different vibe over there, man. It's just. It's um. I, I will also say too, even in Michigan, uh, you know, Detroit is rough, but the people there are nice and honest. Yeah, they're good. Um, 
At least if you're going to get robbed, they'll tell you first. <laughs> so, sir, I'm going <laughs> to rob you. Just don't, don't, don't fret, okay? Yeah. If you make any sudden boom, I'm going to kill you. But anyways. <laughs> oh, here's a true scary story, actually. It actually happened. Oh, so shit. I was, I was at work. I was at my job, all right? These two guys get in a fight with each other over one of their girlfriend's purse or whatever. I don't oh. know what it was, right? So one of the guy gets mad. He leaves, comes back with a gun. Shoots him in the face. What? At my job. Oh, shit. The guy lived. You saw this? I was within like 20 minutes of me being there. Oh, man. Here's how, here's how bad it is there. So the guy that got shot in the face lived miraculously. Damn. Um, the other guy just left, all right? So when they called the police, they got there, and he was gone. Mind you, they had his car, his face, his license plate on Everything. multiple cameras. Yeah. And they basically said, well, he's not here now. <laughs> nothing we can do we'll just turn it over to the marshals oh my god he just got away with it that's also the kind of stuff that you have in the trade but um and that also comes with benefits you know if you don't have car insurance nobody cares nobody cares <laughs> you're truly free there i'll put it to you like that and that's good and bad good and bad well i mean i, I know rochester has its problems but like you said man every every place has its you know differences but you know I like what Jerry said here. He goes, I love the Detroit metal scene, and welcome back to Rottenchester, friend. <laughs> Thank you. He also says, uh, hey, 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 I always say I appreciate you, Bish. It's true, he does. He does. No, but it's a lot more, like, fluent over there. In, in Courtesy is more fluent. It is. It's very fluent. You know, here, it's like everyone's in a fucking rush to get nowhere. Every, yeah, everyone's yeah. fast-paced. Everyone's like, hey, get the fuck out of my way, blah, 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 blah. Nobody has any regard for anybody here. That's a shame. It's unfortunate, but it's true. Like, comparatively to what I experienced in Kansas City, it's night and day. I think we should lead ourselves to be more uh, like that here, and I bet you people will follow. I hope so. Rochester needs a good leader. Yeah. In many ways, like, just be a good person and be and broadcast it. Be broadcast extroverted it. about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. People will follow. People here need a lot of hope. There's yeah, a lot do. of poverty here. It's terrible. Yeah. It's unfortunate, really. Like, so just be loud and good. Yeah, loud. Yeah, <laughs> proud. No, like, I'm not trying to shit on everyone that lives in New York State or anything like that. I'm not trying to say everyone here is an asshole. What I'm saying is there's a huge cultural difference. And I want to go back to what you said travel, being able to witness different cultures, not only just in different countries, but here in our own, in our own country, in different states. You go to Florida, you go to Texas. I've never been there. Um, you go to Kansas City. Detroit, everyone's got different cultures. Everyone's got a different, right. like, right. there's a different vibe going on. Here, it's, you know, I, I'm going to be honest with you, I got, I got a little homesick when I was over there. Did you really? Oh, dude, I, I did. I, I mean, believe it. Not just because, you know, my family's back here and I'm, like, by myself in a fucking very foreign area that I've never been to in my life and I have to be there for a month, but, like, I I'm, I would go on Facebook and see that there's shows happening at Montage Music Hall, Photo City. Everyone's talking about, hey, we're going to fucking see you later tonight. We're going to be, you know, jamming out to this music and all that, and I, I, I missed that. I was like, shit, man, I'm, I'm miles away from these people. People that I know, people I care about, they're they're fucking thousands of miles away from me, and wow. I felt I felt so isolated because I felt like I was like living on a different planet compared to what I was used to, and everyone that I cared about and loved that were back home here, I had no way of you know being near them or like experiencing the things they were experiencing at that time. It's a weird feeling, man. I, I understand it. Homes, I know you do for sure. I mean, you were away for ten years. I mean, a lot of, a lot of those years I talked about New York. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know. 
Um, it is funny though, by the way, if you ever go out anywhere outside of New York and you got to show your ID to somebody, yeah, they just assume you're from Brooklyn or something. Oh, you're from New York City? Like, yeah. oh, oh, dude, I would have those conversations. I'm from, I'd be like, yeah, I'm from New York because, oh, New York City. No, I've never been in New York City in my life except for the one time in JFK Airport. It doesn't fucking count. Yeah. You know? You, you ever saw or heard of the show Power? Um, No. It's about this guy's selling drugs they're in the drug business right they gets 50 centers in it and stuff it's you know exaggerated well i had a guy in michigan ask me he was like is new york city really like power yeah and me being me i said yes it's exactly like that (laughs) yeah uh it's it's funny because people they look at you like you're from the city right from new york city yeah what they fail to realize is that there's a lot of fucking open fields, mountains, hills, cows, horses, and all that other shit going on in in between New York City and upstate New York. That's right. They don't think that you're from. They don't. They don't think you experience the country when that's not true at all. We have a lot of country in this area. I think some of those assumptions help with uh, personal brand if you leave. Yeah. Because they do have a image about you in their mind a perception you can use that you know yeah (laughs) but that's true like half of new york state's population is in new york city and then the other half is everywhere else everywhere else uh my dude from texas his name is jordan you know he'd always like you know have that the new york city uh new york city accent and shit like that and i'm like no no no, dude we don't we don't have that in the that's right yeah we don't it's just nasal it's yeah i mean (laughs) I don't know, man. I don't really notice too much of an accent here at this place. But. I really don't either. So I was on a Reddit post, oh, God, months ago, and then there was, like, people that moved here from out of state, and they were like, oh, yeah, Rochester's got a weird accent. Huh. Like, what kind of accent are you talking about, though? Because I still don't understand it. Do you? Did you notice an accent? Did you notice anything different from going from Detroit back here to the ROC? My, my honest answer is no, and, yeah. and nobody told me I had one either. Yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah. So I don't know what maybe some of us do, maybe some of us don't. I don't think I do. Yeah, no. You, if you went to Michigan today, you would sound like you were from Michigan. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even Kansas City, like, there wasn't much of a difference to me, anyways. I, I think the accents are really like you got Long Island and Texas. Yeah. All right. Everywhere else sounds normal. That's true. <laughs> I know. And like even going further up north, with our with our friends from Canada, I mean, you'll notice the difference there too. Sure. But towards the north end of America, you don't really notice too much of a difference. No, I don't notice it. When you go to Boston, you yeah. go places like that, I think it's pretty apparent. That's actually not an accent. That's actually what is a, that? It's an entire region of people that never learned proper English. What? Really? <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Oh, okay. I was, I was like, maybe I missed something there. Maybe I, maybe I didn't learn something from that. Um, nah, man. I really do think that... Um, you know, within our own country, it kind of goes back to what I was saying about other stuff. I mean, it's like our planet, right? Right. We know nothing about our own planet. We know more about the fucking outer space above us or around us than we do our own planet. I'm talking like the deaths of the ocean. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's true. And it's wild to me because we live here. I know. We live here, but yet we know nothing about what we're living on. I wonder how many cures are in the plants at the bottom of the ocean for medical ailments. They would never tell you if, even if they found out. <laughs> who is they? You know who. <laughs> you know who. The Luminatus. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> Bilderberg and all that. Don't, don't fucking stir them up, man. They might cancel us. I, th- I think there's too many 
I think there's too many leaks in the system for something like that to be contained too long. Leaks? Yeah, like somebody would blow the whistle eventually. I mean, you know, you hear it all the time with the conspiracy of, oh, there's cancer, there's a cure for cancer or whatever, and it's it's not being, you know, talked about or it's only for the elite. But if that was the case, though, wouldn't Steve Jobs still be alive today? Perhaps, but are you considering that he had cancer for like 20 years? I don't know. I, I don't know how long he had it. It was a very long time, multiple decades. Really? Yeah. Because it sounded like to me it was like a very fast-paced working cancer that got him ultimately in the end. But I could be wrong. It just accelerated at the end. He, he had cancer for like a very, very long time. Damn. He did a lot of um, Eastern remedies. He did a lot of fasting. Uh, by the way, fasting does directly kill cancer cells. Does it really? Absolutely. It feeds off of glucose. Okay. Cancer cells. And what cancer is, is it's a genetic, uh, it's, a, it's a false reproduction of a cell. Okay. It's bad DNA. Yeah. But yeah, they feed off of glucose. So if you don't feed it anything, they will die. And then autophagy occurs. Don't eat anything for a month. Watch what happens. Shit, man. Yeah, that sounds extreme, right? So Gandhi would have lived very long if he didn't get shot. <laughs> he did a lot of fasting. He did. That guy did a lot of fasting. We have the same birthday. Oh, really? We do, yeah. November 21st? That's right, yeah. No shit. I'm February 21st. A cusper. Dude. Are you into that stuff, astrology at all? Not not particularly, no. Okay. But I'm interested in like understanding whatever it is. Some people think it's uh, God's divine order. Okay. Uh, and there's a lot to be said about that. There's so much. That, there's two types of astrology. There's Western and Vedic, um, which oh, we probably won't get into because... Uh, It'll be boring if I'm the only one talking about it. I think. Yeah, I, I know nothing of it, so I can't. I just know that I'm a Pisces, and that's about it. <laughs> oh, you're Pisces? I am Pisces, yeah. Well, that explains it. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Why is that? Because it makes you intuitive. It gives you dreams. That's what it says. It does give me dreams. <laughs> I guess, hey, if, if astrology is what it is, I don't know much about it, but hey, I'm getting all these dreams. This must be something going on there with that, right? Sure. Um, the, the, the science behind it, if you wanted to try to prove it, and I don't know. I'm not going to try and disprove or prove anything religious here at all. However, I will say that some people think that it works because uh, the gravitational pull of planets at the time of your birth affects the placement of your hormones. All right. Yeah, I mean, the gravity in itself on this planet, it's kind of crazy to me because I think if we didn't have the level of gravity we have today, I think our bodies would last longer. I think that's true. I think it's just scientifically proven that that would happen. If we had less gravity? Yes. I feel like the the pressure of the gravity working on our bodies, I think our bodies are naturally dying. So there was a theory that somebody had. Oh, God. Oh, it was Eric Eminon about how how we originated from. We weren't from this planet. And the reason why we're trying to fi figure out space and all that is to get out of here and go back where we came from. And, and that's why we die is because of gravity and all that. And, and we're not used to this, so our bodies are or dying by gravity. I think that's who was telling me this this theory, but I like to go back to that because think about how much damage our bodies go through. I mean, our, our bodies age, our skin that's wrinkles, right. Right. our bones get brittle over time. Okay, but gravity actually helps those things. I'll play devil's advocate and argue the other side. Perfect, I like that. Yeah, let's, and then we'll come up to some learning conclusion at the end. So, all right, if you have more gravity, your muscles are here specifically to defy gravity. Right. All right. The bigger they are, the longer you'll live. Did you know that? No shit. Yeah. 
I would hope. I mean, that's what we're working out for, right? <laughs> that's right. To yeah. live longer. And, and if you, when you damage your muscles, they're repairing themselves. So yep. the cells are always new. Yes. That's one reason why you, it helps you live longer. Yeah. But having more muscle mass is good for longevity of life. If you have less gravity, there's nothing really for muscle to fight. So it doesn't grow. It gets weaker. Would essentially your body become nothing but a pile of goop? I would imagine so. You ever heard the uh, simple expression? You don't use it, you lose it. Yeah. Right? It's like a car that sits there for years and doesn't get used. The brakes go on and everything just fails. Yeah, that's right. That's true. So, yeah, I guess if you have no need to use muscle, you won't have any, and that's not good. (laughs) It's not good at all. I don't know, man. I, I mean, whether that's correct on the gravity part of it, like, you know, destroying your body or not, I think there does come a point where... Our bodies are adjusted to it anyways. We're here. Yes, nobody Definitely. nobody lives forever. People want to live forever. I don't. God, no. Just the 33 years I've been on this earth, I've, I think I've seen a lot as it is. Could you imagine? Like, I don't even know the mindset of somebody who lives to be 100 and something years old. The shit they've experienced. My, my grandmother's getting there. Dude, yeah, how old she, is she now? She'll be 90 soon. I remember when she used to make us, like, scrambled eggs with cheese on it. <laughs> That's and right. Fucking yeah. breakfast. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah, no, no. Dude, I love it. But I think about the things that she has seen. She's been, she's been here for almost a hundred years. Yeah. How much has changed? I know. She's seen multiple wars. Dude, yeah. There was a time when black and white people were could not marry yeah. during her lifetime. Isn't that wild? In the 60s, yeah. That just That's a recent thing. People don't know that. It's wild to me like to even think that. Like We, we obviously didn't see that. Right. So to us, it's just kind of weird. But like, you know, my grandfather lived to be 96. He went through World War II. You know, again, almost 100 years old, he you know, lived almost all that time. He's seen so much shit, and your grandmother can attest to this, too, like technology, the way the world works. Definitely. Yeah, she, she used to experience she, uh, racism. They told her, they basically related her because she was Sicil- she is Sicilian as a, as a black person. They were about the same. Yeah. All right? That's all I'll say for the sake of this broadcast here. But she couldn't get a job as a result. They would they would not hire her. Jesus Christ. Wops need not apply. That's what they used to say. Without papers. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that happened in this country. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, my grandmother, she was Calabrese. So, you know, granted, you know, there's that thing where, oh, Sicily's different from Italy. Sure. You know, but... I think it, as a whole, it's the same. It's the same country. Same, yeah, but it's the it's same but different. Saying, like, are you American or Florida? Are you Florida or are you American? <laughs> I know it's crazy though. Like, How, however, they do have different genetics. Yeah, but you know, you hear it all the time. People don't understand that statement you just said. You know, without papers, they don't understand that. Yeah, so so they, uh, the, the Sicilians and Italians of that day, uh, they were assumed that they had bad moral character and came here illegally. Yeah, kind of like what some people would say about Mexicans today. Yeah, it's it's a stereotype, right? You know, like you see somebody from that that country or whatever in in the United States, you're like, oh, that person's illegal or whatever. That's not true. I saw a meme recently about why Americans are so good at solving Rubik's cubes, and it's because of our unique ability to separate colors. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's a wild world we live in. Like, yeah, you know. Racism is is better than it was years ago, but it's still here. You see it. You still see it. People can deny it. You know what? That is, I will say that is a Detroit difference. What's that? Very little racism over there compared to here. Definitely. It's kind of weird. Weird because we're more north. 
statistically, right? But you, Detroit is more black. I guess you could say that. When I came back here, I actually forgot how many white people were here. I was like, wow, this is an awful lot of white people. Was, you know, I know it's a weird thought, but the population of Detroit, it's almost 50% black. Even, yeah. Everybody's black there, even the white people. <laughs> they do, however, have classism. So the movie Eight Mile, yeah, that's Eight Mile is iconic because it's the dividing line between the rich and the poor. All right. So they have classism there, but not racism, not at all. It's very, very little. Uh, here, New York still does it, but they're quiet about it. It's stupid, man. Yeah, it's stupid. People forget that we're all fucking people just trying to live. We're trying to figure it out, man. Definitely. We're human beings trying to figure this out. And, you know, regardless my, my, of... My daughter is half black. Yeah. And uh, I don't... I, It'll be okay for her. And I'm thankful for that. Yeah. But there was a time in history when it wouldn't have been. That's what I mean. That's scary shit. Yeah. Think about it, though. Like, think if you were... Think you, if you were in this situation you're in today, 50, 60 years ago. It'd be a little Not bit good. different. Not good. A yeah. lot different. A fuck ton different. Yeah. Not good at all. And that's the scary part, man. Like... So we so we do have to say okay yes uh, let's let's keep our finger on the pulse and address racism as needed yeah but we got we got to also recognize that uh, it's a whole lot better than it used to be it is I'm not saying it's perfect it's obviously not perfect right but I mean it could be a lot worse I agree and we don't want to go backwards no I, we're not going to either no fuck no <laughs> we're not doing that shit Charlie's out with us though. Charlie says, yo, he was a huge, huge fan of the Paragon series. Charlie, you came to the right place. Paragon, Paragon was great. I miss doing that. I had so much fun with those episodes. If, if we found people to be in, on board with it, would you be interested in another web series? I, I, will, I will give you a tentative commitment on yes. <laughs> Dude, he said it was so good. You know, I fucking, I have a lot of ideas in my head. I've been having them for years. I wouldn't be opposed to it as long as everyone's on board with it. Here's what I know. You, I know you've only gotten better at your craft. Oh, yeah. And, and, uh, um. Did you see any of the reboot stuff that we did? I don't believe so. You didn't see it. I'm talking like the Paragon series reboot. Yeah, we, we did that. Kind really? of. Well, we made, we made scenes. We never followed through with them. Um, I want to show you though, because I don't think you saw it. I mean, you know how the Paragon was, right? Absolutely. You, you do you remember? Yeah, you remember how it went. I was there. <laughs> so, uh, let me see if I can find it. We did so much. I mean, we we had a lot of different things that we wanted to do. We never did them, obviously, because things just didn't pan out. But you know, at the end of the day, man, like. Uh, we did so much with it. Let me see. Oh, here's a promo. Here's a promo. This will give you an idea of what we were kind of going for. It's funny because here's these are some of the guys that uh, were involved in this. And you'll, you might recognize some of them. I don't know if you will, but you might. So let's uh, turn that on. Look, I know you're new here. I know you don't know this city too well. But there's some things you need to know. It may not look like much. It may even look like your ordinary city. There's all kinds of stuff going on around here.
Look familiar? Pine cones? There's people right now that you don't even know about. Could be planning to kill you. And just when you let your guard down, even having some fun, oh. little do you know, you might be a target. Whatever you do, watch out for whoever says that they're your friend. no longer our URL for the Paragon series. Somebody actually has that URL now, Mike. Really? Somebody else, somebody else owns that URL. Can you believe that? Yeah. Somebody owns that. It's a different, it's a whole different thing. But that's kind of the vibe we were going for, man. That was one of the trailers we made for it. That's interesting. Yeah. The last intro you made was very good. The last that, intro. That was so many years ago. Intro? You want to talk about intro? I'll show you an intro. Let's, let's show you an intro. This is the intro for the reboot. And... Oh my god! Just watching it makes me kind of want to go back and, and redo this, but I don't know if it'll ever happen. I mean, I'd like to, but let, this is the the last intro we did for the Paragon series. I never saw this. I've never seen this before. That's actually, that's cold, man. I like that a lot. Yeah. Dude, that's that's the kind of quality we were going for. It's almost like a movie. Like yeah. A fucking dark, gritty movie. I like it. And I want to do more of this. So I um one one of the businesses I put together a long time ago, if you even want to call it that, I was building websites. Okay. Right? At some point along the line, uh my customers started being actresses in uh, this company called Moolah Films in Detroit. Okay. I'm still in contact with all of them. I'm a, like, literally, I can make a phone call and go be on set with them right now. Really? Definitely. And they'd welcome with open arms. Um, I know the camera crew, and uh, they they did a film called uh, McGraw Hill. Uh, all right. Which you can see right now. Um, yeah, these are... These are movies on IMBD. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I kept in contact with them. And I, they, it's not as hard as you think. Like, they're doing the same things you did. They're writing a script. They're getting people together. Yeah. People that aren't famous, you know, but they're putting, them, they're putting it together. Yeah. They do spend a lot of time getting a quality shot. Oh, yeah. And they spend even more time marketing. Yeah. But you're, these are all the pieces that made it. Yeah, you, you know you know what to do now. I do, you do for the most part. I mean, look, let's be honest here. My my editing skills and all that definitely a lot better than we what we we had back in two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Obviously, you could see that. And and they, by the way, that whole crew over there, they need technical skills. Yeah, you could probably we'll talk offset about that. Oh, dude, I would love to get involved with this. Yeah, 
I've always been involved. I've it's, always, a it's a networking opportunity. Oh, dude, absolutely. Networking's huge, and I'm sure you can attest to that, too. Yeah, I'm going to Detroit in about a week or two. Yeah? Just for a day or two. What do you got going on over there? Just networking things? Yeah, you got... No, no, I'm going to visit my daughter. Oh, yeah. all right. But while I'm there, I'll visit people in Moolah Films, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> dude, yeah, let me know, man, because I want to get back into to film. I want to get back into making videos and shit. Um. I know that's always been a passion of mine. I mean, way before this even came about, like that's that was something I always wanted to do, was make even a short film, web series. I, I have so many ideas I want to do. Remember at the beginning of the show when I was talking about you, you try to uh, push forward with 10 plans at once, yeah. even though they're poorly planned? Yeah. That's their whole philosophy. <laughs> and they, they have shotgunned together so many movies. And they're successful. They are. That's what I'm saying. And, and their, their actors and actresses are becoming known. Like, yeah. They're on IMBD. They're on, some of them are on Netflix right now. You know, it's working. Here's one for you. Remember before the Paragon? Oh, my God. Yeah. Are you talking about the old country? I'm talking about the old country. This one might not be something Charlie remembers. <laughs> Do you have anything? No. It's all gone, isn't I, it? I think there's one very poor quality fucking video out there of like a trailer we made, and that's it. Really? God, yes. I remember the trailer. Dude. Yeah, somebody got Life of a go-getter? in the rear view mirror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you talk to that person anymore? From time to time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can I can never let go based on the, the principle. Yeah, uh, and well, you know what? We're gonna leave it there. We're gonna leave it. That's there. an offset discussion. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, no, but um, yeah, dude, we've gone through so much together, and and like I said uh, earlier in the in the show, and you know, this is the first time we've actually sat down and talked face to face in over a decade, and to me, it's wild because I feel like we've experienced so much that. It's almost like revisit, not revisiting, but almost like re-meeting each other again. Yeah, to a degree. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, it's funny to see. I almost sometimes looking at you, looks at myself in the mirror because I remember a time. Yeah. With you. Yeah. And uh, it's funny to me. Very simply, we're the same people, man. Yeah. But we just have some more experience. At the core end of the day, <laughs> we are the same people. Yeah. You know, a little bit wiser, a little bit more. Uh, I wouldn't say grittier, but we've experienced enough to, to kind of, you know, bring us where we are. I feel happier today than I was then. Me too. Do you really? Oh, God, yes. I'm so happy to hear that. I'm fucking, dude, I look back at those times and I was miserable. I know I was. You know, the relationship I was in, I, you know, unfortunately we were just not compatible. Um, just the, the lifestyle, just, you know, that mindset of fucking being pissed at the world. Yeah. Been there, done that, don't want to do it anymore. You know, th those days are over. Those, those those days of being miserable were, I wouldn't say for nothing. I've learned from it. Good. But to even think about going backwards like that, fuck no. You know, it's funny because you like listen to music, and people that are metalheads can attest to this. Bands make great music when they're suffering, when they're in the midst of the misery. And people go, well, Years down the road, they changed. They don't sound the same. They're not as heavy. They're not as this. They're not as that. Well, that's because they've gone out of that that darkness. They're they're not as miserable as they once were. Of course, you can go back and listen to that music and and understand it, enjoy it, whatever the case may be. But to say that they should go back to their old sound is basically saying eh, they should probably get miserable again. 
Okay, yeah, uh, that's interesting. So the core of their character is really what's developing the great creativity, and you're saying it's better now because of that. I think I think people forget that in the midst of someone's life and what they create, whether you're painting something, whether you're taking... I think everyone has a an outlet, they should, and mine's photos, videos, et cetera, et cetera. I think everyone has an outlet. Like, I noticed photos I've taken before kind of... I wouldn't say... I wouldn't say dark, but they would be different style than I do today. I, I think I enjoy my my surroundings more than I ever did before. I, I definitely remember some of your early artwork. <laughs> some of it was kind of dark, but... It was. It was a reflection of your mental state, I'm sure. Like dark alleyways. Don't get me wrong. I'll still take photos of those and shit, but I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I look forward to like... But people would look at mundane shit today. We were just at the mall the other day. I took photos of empty stores. And I, th- I like that because I have this thing in my mind, like what happens in an empty space? What's it look like? What's it do? What's happening when nobody's around? What's the sounds around, right? What's happening in that, in that moment? And when people forget about a building, I'll, I'll give Terrence Tower a shout out right now. You know what that tower is, right? The old psych ward. Oh, really? I was unaware. Yeah, the old psych ward, Terrence Tower. I always think about this. Out of all the years that it's been shut down, obviously people illegally get in, they, 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 they explore it, whatever the case may be. There's videos online. But, like, I always think about when I'm in a place that is inhabited, is not inhabited anymore. I always think about the times that happened before. And, like, you always hear that, that saying, the walls can absorb sure. the energy. Yeah, I believe that. Now, think about being the walls. Think about experiencing people in and out of the hallways, doors, patients coming in, you know, the, the, the good times, but mostly the bad times because in, in that particular building, I, I, I think we all know that a lot of bad times happen there. You know, electroshock therapy, lobotomies, all that shit. A lot of that stuff was going on back in the day. Think about it after the fact, though, when they close it down and it goes quiet, silent. Everything's left there. People never walk in that building again. How would you feel as those walls? If the walls had emotions, if the walls had feelings. I, I like this, yeah. So they can't, well, okay. What can walls not do? They can't express anything. Nope. The only just thing they can do is just take it in. Right. So I, I, I see what you're saying. Uh, vibration matters. Yes. It's a trendy word to use. Vibration. I don't, I don't like to use it, but vibration matters. Yeah. And uh, I think it does affect your surroundings. Words are vibration controlled. Yeah. And and words cause everything else. I mean, just, yeah. there's something to this. I always think about, I always think about places that are inhabited today, like our old high school, for instance. What if? And I even talked to somebody about that back in high school. I go, this place is gonna eventually probably be abandoned. Think about it. That's an old building. Eventually, we're gonna move on to something else. You know. And that'll just be sitting there. There's a building that just was demolished within the last 10 years. Uh, it was an old school, school building off of Old Ridge Road. They never invited me to the reunions. No, I got invited <laughs> once. It was on my wedding night, and I declined it. Oh, good. Yes. But, yeah, you know, I always think about these places that are inhabited now, and I go, what, what would it be like when it's not inhabited? Would those memories still be floating around in the atmosphere? Would the, music, the, the echoes of the music and the voices that once inhabited this building still, you know, kind of be remnant in in the abandoned part of it? Like That's interesting. Uh, 
very philosophical. I don't know if I can contribute much to this, but I like uh, the style thinking. Yeah. Because I know it's true. I know it's something here matters. So, oh, yeah. I think every building has a story. And I love, that's another part of, like, going to these places that, you know, have the paranormal and all that. I always think, like, I went to the Cartwright Inn. This is an old restaurant that existed in Henrietta. And we were doing an investigation there. But I was kind of taking in the atmosphere in the kitchen area. And I kind of, in my mind, thought about how it would look. Almost as if it was happening in real time. Like, the chefs, fast pace. You know how it is in restaurants, man. It's fast paced. People are fucking running here. They're cooking this. And they're running dishes out here. And they're trying to bring out plates there. And it's like, it's a madhouse. But now here it is. Dark, abandoned, to this day, still standing. But nobody inhabiting it. Yeah. The liquor's still there. Everything's still there. And it hasn't seen any action in, <laughs> in years. I know that's funny because we always like to make those innuendos, but this is, <laughs> yeah. but it's true though. So, um, what, so what happens when these buildings get demolished then? I mean, right. Uh, so every, a lot of people know this. Energy is never destroyed. It's just transferred. Uh, so it's always going somewhere. And that's what I, it's kind of what I'm trying to go towards. Yeah. You know, we talked about what happens after this life. There's more to it. Well, obviously, there's energy in a building. Right. It's not maybe intelligent. It's kind of just reminiscent. You know, it's... What's the real word for it? I know the word. I just can't think of it right now. But it's still there, right? Okay. It has a memory. You demolish that building. Where does that energy go? Well, um, suppose, suppose that's uh, a, a matter of atoms and molecules and stuff and protons and neutrons, those things do attach to each other. Oh, yeah. So it could attach to air. You, that's static electricity. That's an attachment to air at yeah. some point, you know. So, yeah, that's that's a good question. But to go back on what I was trying to say, when I take photos of places that are empty, I like to capture those moments, and I like to save them for later. And I like to go back into another, you know, maybe another day I'll just look back at my photos and be like, it probably still looks like that to this day if nobody's there. Now, the mall, obviously, they're going to probably put a new store in those those places. They're probably going to put something new there. But, like, you go to an abandoned building that hasn't seen the light of day in 20 years, hasn't seen a single foot step into that room or whatever the case may be. I always think about that shit, man. Right. Like, it's just, it's wild to me how we forget things in, in, in our everyday lives. You know, people that left the Terrence Tower on that day, they probably don't think about it that way. They probably don't think about that 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 notebook that sits on a desk somewhere in that building that has everyone's information, the patient's sure. data. Sure. They don't think about that book, but I do. I think about what that book has endured just in the fact that it, it supplied doctors and, and nurses and all that with information, and now it's useless. There's a popular thing right now going on right now called uh, like manifesting which I would say is similar to prayer. Kind of like speaking into the universe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of this. Yeah. Um, and I and your words do have power, even if, oh, yeah. if nothing else, they have it to set your own mind. Yeah. Uh, but probably even more. So, um, but the concept of this is to uh, set an intention towards something and apply focused energy to it, yeah. know, which is your will. Yeah. And that comes from your soul. This does, it's supposed to produce a, an outcome. Yeah. Uh, do we know for sure? I don't know. I think it does, though. I, I have faith in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you think of self-talk? Self-talk? Yeah. All right, here's an exercise people that are listening can do. 
if you count in your head the number 10 and count down to one. Interrupt yourself and say something. The second you spoke, you stopped thinking of counting. Yeah. All right. So if you believe in nothing else that self-talk does, it controls your thoughts, right? There's a scripture in the Bible that says, as a man thinketh, so is he. The power of positive thinking people say, you know, your thoughts uh, will dictate the rest of your life, uh, imagination. So, sure, when you say something, if it does nothing else, it controls your mind. Yeah. So, guess what? You get to control your mind yeah. with your words. Self-talk must be important. Self-talk, I think, is the epitome of being honest with yourself. You can sit there and you can talk to people and, and maybe bullshit your way through the, the conversation. You can bullshit your way through life that way. But at the end of the day, when you're talking to yourself and you are sitting there and you're, you say you want to go to the gym, right, at 5 in the morning, yeah, and you have that moment where you're like, fuck, I'm comfortable. I'm, I'm nice and warm in my bed, right? and I don't want to get up. But in that mind, you're like, in your mind, you're talking to yourself like, nah, you got to get the fuck up. I think, I think emotions are important to, uh, to drive it. Yeah. You should feel some passion towards your, your declarations. You should. I think it's important. Like, I, I think people lack that self-talk. People go about, the, so you've heard inner dialogue, right? Definitely. People, there's people out there that don't even have that. I read that recently. Isn't that I was wild? I was surprised. I was like, "There's no way these people don't think to themselves." That's a thing. They're the epitome of non-playable characters, NPCs. Wow. To in the real world, they're basically just standing there waiting for someone to walk up to them and prompt them, and then you see that little window pop up with a dialogue. Other than that, they're just sitting there in silence, like there's nothing going on in their head. That's kind of wild to me. That's amazing. To me, I, I I know I have an inner dialogue. Yeah, I definitely have one. You know, you watch shows like it's Dexter. Yeah, yeah. You watch <laughs> shows like Dexter and, and uh, all that, and, you know, you hear him talking is is a narrative, but that's inner dialogue to right. an extent. Right. He's saying things that's in his mind. I think it's important to have that. Yeah, I, I, I read this article before. I know what you're talking about. I thought everyone had this. No. But, yeah, so so that means that they must be very suggestible people, right? I don't know, man. It's, it's kind of weird to me to think about living my life without an inner dialogue, you know? Absolutely. Like you're walking into the store and you're like, you know, you're looking around, you're, you're observing the atmosphere around you. Some people walk in there and just that's it. What they hear is what they hear. What they're thinking is whatever. Sometimes I wonder what the inner dialogue of people who know multiple languages is like. That, that's wild to me too, isn't it? Like if they know English, Spanish, Russian, or whatever. Yeah. What is it? English, Russian? What is it? What are they using? Yeah, yeah. Who knows? I don't know. They could use them all. Could use them all. And in fact, before they speak, they do. Maybe it's possible that everyone who learns another language is, must have an inner dialogue. Yeah. Because they they have to translate their mind first, right? Oh yeah. Huh. It's it's funny because um, Hawk was here Saturday and he goes when you pass by somebody. Instinctually, you recognize them as somebody they may not be. You you already kind of gather what they, how they are by what they look like, what they might sound like, what they might, how they might act. True. And in Japan has a culture. Uh, they have this belief in their culture where you have three sides of you. One, people know you as your family and friends, coworkers, whatever. Two, people that might see you and kind of generate whatever they believe of you. And three, who you really are. Right. Kind of, um, so basically everyone has like multi, multiple personalities to a degree. I'm sure that's true. I mean, who you are in your own car by yourself is a lot different than who you are when you're around somebody. 
for the sake of argument, let's go the other extreme and, let's go. and say, okay, I don't. I'll just declare something. I don't think anyone actually knows who they are. I, I could understand that to a degree. Yeah. So this we're the sum total of our experiences so far, and then you make a decision on which of those you want to define yourself with. I suppose. Yeah. Um, but I know when I analyze who I am, I could be anybody. You know, I I can transform if I need to. Yeah. This isn't even your final form. That's right. Exactly. This isn't even your final form. <laughs> I I guess you have some core behaviors. Yeah. But even those can be adjusted. True. I think that's you know, and I think a lot of people struggle with this, especially when you're told in school and when you're young, you need to know what you want to be when you grow up. And then you grow up to be 21 years old and you're like, fuck, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I want. I don't know where I'm going. You don't know. So then you have to discover yourself. Right. I don't think you truly start discovering yourself until like your late 20s, early 30s. I would go with much later. I'd say True. 50s. Okay. I, I, we can see that. Because the career is done with. You don't have to worry about that problem anymore. There's usually, <laughs> it's a no, there's usually no money issues by your... You know, and I was going to say this earlier, whatever somebody sticks to for long enough, you'll have, you'll have a house and family and stuff like it's fine. It's not a huge issue, but, um, yeah, by the time you're 50, yeah. Ask, talk to older people. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Ask 50 plus year old men. They're going to revert to like something from their childhood because they're like, Oh, finally. Yeah. I could put all those problems aside and just be what to do what I want to do now. Yeah. 50 year old men are very honest. Is that why there's a midlife crisis? Probably. Is that why? I mean, it makes sense, though. I feel like I got mine done early. I don't know <laughs> if I did or yet. I don't know, man. I don't I don't really know if I did or not. How do you know? How do you feel like? Oh, I went buck wild when I came back here. Did you? For, first of all, I didn't think I could do it again. All right. I, <laughs> I didn't think I could do it again. <laughs> I, it, was a, it was a miracle to me. So I, I had nothing. I had a wallet and a duffel bag and a couple outfits. Yeah. And that was it. And I had to just, I no money, zero dollars, nothing. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just had to make it happen. You know, within two months, I bought a brand new car. I had a job that was paying very well. Like, I, it was, to me, that was a miracle by the grace of God that that happened. Yeah. And it was hard, it was hard work. Of course, I did my part. But he showed me the doors to open. Yeah. So I don't think that could be done. So my mid- midlife crisis that I got done early was just going wild. I spent a lot of money. Um, and I, and I had, I had some fun. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. I think you have to have fun in the midst of the chaos. I think, I think that's a very important thing to do. Some people, like I said, some people just kind of go about their life, just working and just forgetting all that stuff. But one thing I can say is, um, you know, if I went back in time and I could talk to myself when I was t- 19, 20 years old, 21, I wish I could tell myself some ideas. I, I don't think I'd give away the full story. I don't think I'd be like, hey, it's going to work out. Okay. You're going you're gonna to be here. I don't think I'd want to do that. Because then I think that I would really just let things go. I think you'd get complacent. Your younger self would go, well, my older self said I was going to be fine, so why the fuck am I going to do this anymore? I would induce more anxiety in my younger self. You would? Yeah. I would say, listen, it's balls to the wall. you got to make it happen. <laughs> There's no other options. It doesn't look good out there. Yeah. That's what I tell myself, even though I know it's not the truth. I would lie to myself. Yeah. <laughs> Do you because think be, it would make me do more. I was going to say, do you think you'd be in a better position? So say so that, say there's different times, right? Yeah. And they all lead to different. So whatever's affected in the past doesn't have the same outcome as you are right now. 
So say you're more successful. If you go back in time, you tell this shit, ha- you know, you tell your, you, you tell yourself, Hey, be more successful this way, this way, this way. They're more successful. Your past self is more successful, but it doesn't affect your present. I'm trying to get this out there. It's kind of hard to explain. Your present self does not get affected by anything you say to your past. Your past can supersede you, be the fucking most richest person on the planet. Sure. But you won't here in this time. Would you do that? Would you Would you give yourself in the past yeah. that upper hand? If you could. I, I like this mental exercise. I like it too. Yeah. So um, say Bitcoin, right? Bitcoin sure. happened in our lifetime. Right. We wish we could go back in time and fix it. Tell yourself, hey, invest in this fucking cryptocurrency. You might think it's bullshit now, but I'm telling you right now, you'll be a billionaire if you do what I say. Your, your past self does this. You're fucking billionaire. You might, even, you might even be more rich than fucking Elon Musk at this point. Right. But you yourself in your current form will never be that way. Would you still do it? I would, I would argue, uh, even though stupidly as it may sound, I would say, yeah. You would? Yeah, because um, I don't think money makes the man. I think it's the other way around. All right, the man makes the money. But you got a story to tell now. Like, you, you lived a life that you can share with somebody else. You know, that's fun. Yeah. If I, if I, had, if I had a billion dollars yesterday and negative a million today, yeah, that's a great story. But your past self gets to go on living lavishly. And you don't. That don't bother me. It doesn't bother you. It really doesn't. You wouldn't get jealous? Like, fuck, Not man. even a little. I wish it was the other way around where that <laughs> motherfucker was telling me. Yeah. And now I'm the one living that way, and that motherfucker gets to go back into his time where he's just not. What, money don't run me. It you're really right. doesn't. It no, really but you're does. right, though. That's Again, that's it's, it's a concept, though, because I like to think about what we would do if we could go back in time and make ourselves, like, if we could give ourselves suggestions, and we already know pre, you know, before that, Okay, whatever I do here isn't going to make a difference in my time. But do you want to make yourself successful? Give yourself a better life in another parallel universe? Interesting. That's that's kind of the moral of the story of this. I, I know I had the chance to go to RIT for free, and I didn't do it. Would you change that now? Totally. You would? Even if now, even on this show, a lot of people, especially in our generation, don't really believe in college anymore. And I agree with the sentiment. Yeah. However, I do believe in it what's free. <laughs> oh, 100%. You got to take advantage of it. Right. Take, you know, take these opportunities. But by the way, I could have gone to college for free three times. Three times, and you didn't. None of them did I do it. You didn't do it at all. Yeah. Probably there will be a fourth. Are you going to take it? I will this time. Yeah. You will this time. Yeah. Then it comes and you're like, ah, oh, fuck that. I'm good. <laughs> now, I like to put, I like to think about things outside the box. You know, if I can go back in time and just kind of, I don't know, man. Like I told you, I don't think I'd want to go in depth with things with my my past self. I'd say, listen, you know, you got to work hard. Don't fucking get down on yourself. Yeah, you might be earning fucking $8 an hour doing this job right now, but that's not forever. Oh, my God. I remember $8 an hour. Yeah. That was a thing we had to do. That was minimum wage. Wow. Actually, when I first started working. It's literally double what it was. I think it was seven twenty five when we first started. Yeah. I started working when I was 14. It was like seven twenty five. Wow. Might even been less than that. I don't remember. But I can tell you right now, like, just thinking about that, that's terrible. What are you bringing home? Like, fucking 150 bucks? That's it? Yeah, that was a bad time for us. Wasn't God. It? Could you imagine that now? God, no. But, nah, dude. Because, like, I remember when I was younger, I'm like, dude, how is this going to fucking pan out? You know? 
we have a mutual friend who uh, his uncle at a printing factory, and they were paying ten dollars an hour, which back then was a lot good, right? Yeah. But they had another caveat, which was they said you can work as much as you want. That's oh. what they told me. Overtime? Yeah. Yeah. So I said, really? So I can work twelve hours a day, seven days a week, and they said, not only can you, we want you to. <laughs> of course. I was like, wow. And then I bought my first pair of leopard pants. And that was it. <laughs> Hell yeah. Gotta have the leopard pants. As, oh, God. It was like 17 or $18,000 a week. That was, that was a lot back then. So I always think about it this way. Like, if I was earning the money I'm earning now, and I was still my parents, <laughs> back then, younger, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, it wouldn't be good. <laughs> I mean, it would be good in the sense because I think I'd be putting away a lot more. But I'm pretty sure I'd fucking go balls to the wall at some point. I understand. You're, I'm, I'm the worst saver myself. <laughs> I hate saving. I refuse to. I, I'm spoiled. I'll tell you why. Because I know people that save and save well. Yeah. And they do it systematically and they have money for a rainy day or whatever. But yeah, yeah. I've made phone calls where I've like produced income of thousands of dollars within minutes. Yeah. That spoiled me because I'm like, well... It would have taken me weeks to save that much. Or oh, whatever, yeah. <laughs> versus just making a phone call. My savings is right here on these digits. Yeah. It's, it's a mess with my head. Yeah, big time. I think we think too much into money. I think we think too much into numbers. Granted, they're, they're I guess, necessary to function in society. But at the end of the day, though, like we need to start thinking about things more in depth when it comes to like what we really want to do, how we really want to live, like, yeah, being physically fit's great. It's not only good for your physical form and all that, but it's good for your mental health too. Yeah. You know? You do need to solve the money problem, I think, to find out who you are at some point. So when you hear the saying, money doesn't buy happiness, how does that make you feel? Um, well, you've heard the, the joke, which is, well, they don't know where to shop, but uh, <laughs> the money doesn't buy happiness. That's, I don't, I, the lack of money is a problem. Yes. But if it's solved for you. Yeah. All right, imagine you lived here and you don't have to pay for a mortgage or a car note or food. It would be great. Right? Okay, yeah. you're, you're, you're solved. Yeah. Whatever you earn after that is just for fun experiences. Yeah. You get to find out who you are at that point because you have no more obstructions. True. So. I think I think it does kind of take the stress off of you, obviously. You don't right. have to worry about bills, you know, deadlines, shit like that. People get this misunderstanding that happiness is a state of being and not a state of mind people sure. think when you are striving for happiness that it's going to be permanent there's no such thing as permanent happiness right it, it can't happen yeah it's always fleeting always fleeting we're always going to endure different feelings in our mind we're always going to feel different you know emotions going on look you might be happy one second but in that split second you can also change on a dime something can come up hey you just found out you lost your job now you're not happy anymore right you know, you could have everything in front of you right now, life savings, your family, and you won't be happy because you just lost your job. That's your means of income. In the meantime, though, you could change that by just fucking striving for, for more, going after it. Yes. Like we were explaining before. You don't give up. Yeah, Look, I've lost and gained everything multiple times. Right. It, so you know how it is. It don't even phase me anymore if no. that were to happen again. I know what I'm capable of. You know, yeah. Yeah. So I think it'd be easier this time if it happened. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be good, but at the same time, we need to understand that happiness is what we make it. Right. You know, if you want to sit in misery, 
you can do that. That's a choice. But I don't want to do that. And you shouldn't either. Sure. Nobody should. And at the end of the day, you know, we talk about these deep-ended conversations. You know, I think it's good to listen to other people's experiences. You might take it for whatever face value you want to take it at. But I think at the end of the day, when you hear other people go through the the midst of um, these problems, I think you can kind of take it and use it for your own problems. You know, like, oh, well, going to the gym is going to make me feel better, right? Right. But some people don't want to, don't have the drive. And that's ultimately the decision on the person that is in that predicament. Like, I have the drive. It's the one thing I don't understand because I, I, I think drive is a decision, but I, it don't, is. I don't know. Kind I, of. I don't know for sure. Maybe it's, uh, maybe they are one of those people with less testosterone or dopamine <laughs> or IQ. I don't know. Who knows what it could be? Ultimately, it's discipline. You have to be self-disciplined. Sure. You know, people think about discipline as, oh, you're, you know, as a child, but you're getting aren't disciplined. aren't you motivated to be disciplined? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. some people don't have that. Well, they should. I agree. They should. They should figure it out. My philosophy is if they don't have that, then they're here for us to appreciate why we have more. Yeah. I, <laughs> Look, man, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to sit here and say it's easy. Right. I was never always this motivated, this disciplined. As I am today. And do I have a lot of work to do? Fuck yeah, dude. There's, there's, it never ends. People think there's a finish line at every corner. That is not. I don't care if it's the gym. I don't care you're if it's right. your job. I don't care if it's the career you want. I don't care if it's the project you're working on. I agree. The dead end happens when you die. Yes. That's the finish line. Yeah. There is no finish line in life. There's only a finish line in death. Yeah, that's right. And that's I, right. I, I wish people would understand that. I really wish people could understand, hey, I need to stop making these deadlines, these finish lines. Like, you're going to keep moving the goalposts either way. I would say, personally, every time I've ever failed is because I stopped setting the bar higher. Yeah. Because what will happen for me is I'll be like, oh, my God, I actually achieved it. Yeah. It's bigger than I imagined. And then you go hands off. Yeah. You're like, oh, I don't need to do as much. That's always been my problem. That's Absolutely. been my problem too, man. Okay, you understand. Yeah, I do. And that's why I'm like, no, no. We can't just ease off the gas like that. We got to keep that fucking pedal going to the... You got to put that pedal to the metal regardless if you feel good about what you're doing or not. Regardless if you're move, making moves or not. Right. You don't want to let that foot lighten up on that pedal. Because if you do... That's the mistake you're going to make. You're going to go back to that failure. Yeah. I feel like that's where people get complacent. They go, all right, I've gone further than I've ever gone before. Now's the time where I can just ease up but kind of relax, you know, just kind of be like, uh, it's all good now. Sure. No. That's that's the point where you should push harder. I agree. I agree. And and, and eventually that momentum will have its own, um, it'll have its own effect anyway. 100%. You know, you ever you ever see like the 10x rule or any of the 10x things with uh, that guy uh, Grant Cardone? No, he's a master salesman. Really? Actually, he's actually more of a marketer. But yeah, his the, he wrote a book called the 10x rule, and it was about setting your goal or your target, yeah. and then whatever your goal is, multiply it 10 times. All right, and then try to push towards that towards new that. 10x goal. Yeah, because if you fail half of it. It's five times better than you thought it was. You know, <laughs> it's true. It's a philosophy. It's a little airy-fairy, yeah. but I think the mindset works. No, 
Um, Charlie goes, I love how enlightening tonight's podcast has been. Thank you, man. Thank this, you. Re this really has been a great conversation. I love these conversations. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I love joking around, love having fun. But I also have fun just having these deep-ended conversations where, you know, we kind of dive deep into these situations, like even if they're hypothetical or just real-life things that are going on in life right now. We're talking about our society or just things around the world, man. But, like, at the core end of it, we're human beings. Sure. And we have to kind of figure ourselves out mentally, spiritually. I mean, at the end of the day, we don't know what's going on. Right. We can always make assumptions. We can always, you know, have a hypothesis on what, what makes us tick. But it just it goes back to that cold water therapy. I didn't know shit about it until I did research. Again, I thought it was bullshit. But ultimately, I tried to understand it, and I tried it. And now I understand it more every time I get in that cold water. Like, okay, this is this is helping me. You yeah. know, I think these kind of podcast episodes help people. When they listen to other people kind of analyze what life's all about. Yeah, definitely. And talk about different, like, states of mind points of views i could tell by the comments more than more than half of your listeners have had these questions oh yeah there's a lot of comments we didn't get to and i, I don't want anyone to feel left out we're reading them trust me and we appreciate you um but i think you know at the end of the day it's always good to just kind of you know have people understand that what we're saying is coming from the depths of our hearts our souls whatever you believe in i remember charlie he, he visited me in michigan once did he yes charlie wilson with his uh, then girlfriend. Yes. Okay, they, they must have went down and saw you then. They did. Yeah. They came to my house. I was living alone then. I was like 28, post-divorce. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, I loved it. It was the best time of my life. Really? Living alone? There's nobody in the house with you? It was great. Dude. So much peace. Daughter on the weekends. Yeah. It was perfect. I don't know. I lived alone for a little while after my ex and I broke up. And, you know, it was the first time in my life where I had only myself in that living space. Tell but, me what happened. I mean, with what? Living alone? Yeah. Did that Was that good for you or bad? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I, I It was good because in the sense that, you know, I needed to be more depend, independent. But at the same time, it was a huge life change. I was going through getting a new job. I was already in a new living space. Like I was in a new uh, apartment in a half a house. We just moved there about a month before that had happened. So it was a huge shock to the system because it's a whole different lifestyle. Right. You know, I'm used to hearing movement within the house that, you know, I'd be like, oh, that's a family member or somebody. But living on your own, man, it's a whole different ballgame. You can either embrace it or you can do what I did, just sit on the couch and blast music all night until you go to sleep. <laughs> that's what I did. Well, the, I had the other extreme right before then, which was living with too many people. Oh. So I was, I was married. I had children and stepchildren. And there were, at any given time, seven or eight of us in the house. Yeah. It was always noisy and something going on. So when that turned into total quiet and peace, to me, it was a godsend. I godsend. loved it. I loved it. <laughs> it was so much fun. Like, I, you know, you might have heard my son probably crying a moment ago, but um, I, you know, maybe that annoys people, but I actually feel comfortable being in my house and knowing that I have it's my family. It's here. funny that you pointed that out. I did not even notice. No? Yeah. That's so many babies I've been around. <laughs> Still new to me, man. So, but I, I wouldn't trade it for silence. I wouldn't because if I was living in this house by myself, man, it'd be fucking depressing. I think it's good to be a father. It is. And I'm happy for you. And, and, and Charlie says, Mike is a great man. Such a, such a dope dude. Thank you, my friend. 
Yeah, we no, dude. It's always good to see Charlie on here. It's always good to see our, our loyal listeners on here. And I know this is an impromptu episode, but we had such a great time, man. And I appreciate you. I know. So people might think this is a very long driven way of getting people on here. No, this all happened tonight. All I did was message Mike and was like, "Hey, man, we we should really schedule an episode together." And he's like, "Yeah, what are you doing tonight?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it's basically how this goes. Yep. Now, I do I book guests out? Yeah, we normally run this show on Saturdays, and I have to book you know guests out in, in advance now, but. You know, this was something I have the week off from work, so I'm like, let's fucking do this. I was so happy you said impromptu. I was like, oh, thank God, I don't have to think about it. Let's no, do it now. Let's fucking happen. <laughs> let's make it happen, dude. No, but I really do appreciate you coming on me. It's it's good to see you again after all this time, man. You too, for sure. It's been a long time coming. I'm I'm glad you're back in the ROC. Thank you. I'm so glad that we're able to to be here, hang out together, and hopefully we fucking see each other more. I just moved very close to you, so we will. Let's do it, man. All right. I mean, so gra- I don't know if do you, do you still drink at all or? Not really, but I'll, I could have some drinks on Saturdays. Uh, me too. I don't. I don't drink during the week, so we let's go get a drink one of these nights. I like that. I like that. That'd be great, man. Hell yeah! If you haven't already. You said you like sushi. I know a spot. Oh, you do. The best. Where? I'll tell you off screen. Okay. <laughs> There's a couple of them I, I know in the area, but I, I'll tell you off screen. Okay. <laughs> don't want to be a little bit of a talk slut. If you haven't already, please follow us on Facebook. Go share, like, and follow. Go to our uh, YouTube, subscribe, like, and hit the bell. Of course, you get all the notifications when we go live. And don't forget, we got merch. You can support the show, represent the dirty, theembalmeffect.bigcartel.com, or you can just go to our website, theembalmeffect.com, and hit shop. And you can grab some stuff there. Some of that stuff doesn't exist on the store anymore, so bear with us. We're going to get some new stuff eventually. But, um, Mike, it's been a fucking pleasure, my man glad to have you back in the ROC. Thank you so much. And I'm glad to have had these these deep-ended conversations with you tonight. So Same, same, same. All right, man. Well, this Saturday, we will have GSL News. Jeffrey Rogers himself here in studio to talk about the stuff he's experienced as a very young journalist and the stuff he's seen here in the Rochester area and all the news that he gives out to the people online so that way you get the true news, not just the mainstream stuff. It's going to be an interesting episode. Can't wait. This kid is great, and he's just he's very driven, just like we were talking about. Awesome. Yeah, man. So don't forget to tune in this Saturday for that. For the rest of the week, have a great week. This is Embalm. This is Mike. Michael Bianchi. Doesn't want to call himself entrepreneur. That's fine. <laughs> but this is the Embalm Effect. Bye. There goes the neighborhood. It's a good thing no one got seriously hurt. Oh my god! Whoops. Spoke too soon. Don't get too wrecked. See you on the next one. The M-Bomb Effect.